Episode 84 of the Eurostep Podcast. It's your boy Shannon, and we are back with another one. In today's episode, I got my boy Ben as we're waiting for Nick to join the pod. Ben, what's good, bro? Yeah, what's up? We just had a quick little convo that didn't get recorded, but we're going to restart that convo, okay? We were, What we were talking about was the push for the playoffs in the West, and Ben is pretty confident in OKC to make the playoffs. Ben, how are you feeling about OKC making a push? Uh, I mean, I think they're going to – well, I'll say play-ins for sure. Okay. I think in the play-ins, they could play their way into the playoffs. It would definitely be exciting to see them in the play-in tournament. But, uh, yeah, like a guy like SGA going up against maybe LeBron or whoever else is in that combo. Maybe the Dallas Mavericks at this point. <laughs> at this point, we'd it have to consider be. the they're Dallas Mavericks. They're below the Thunder right I know. now. Dude, that, that's just a disaster. But what we can talk about is – uh. There's been a couple subtle hints that Chet Holmgren can possibly be returning or not even returning, just touching an NBA court for the first time in his career. But he posted on Instagram a photo with the caption free seven. And there's been a couple reports about maybe he's healthy. Maybe the Thunder could put him in. I personally would just if he's healthy, if he's if he's like 80 percent healthy, cleared by the doctors, obviously, I would let him play just so he gets a taste of the NBA experience going into the offseason. So he kind of has some knowledge to build off of like, okay, you know, get a little comfortable instead of waiting until next season. And that's like his really his rookie season. I would give him just a taste of NBA basketball. But how do you feel about that? If he's 80 percent healthy, would you sit him out? Would you keep him out for the whole season or give him a chance? Nah, I think I think I'd probably hold him out till next season because I mean, all or most rookies struggle at the beginning of the NBA career, and that's when like everyone else in the league is rusty too. And so, like putting him in now to play his first NBA games in like a situation where you have to win for seeding or you have to win because you're in the playoffs, that just doesn't sound like a good situation to like play your first in, like NBA games, especially because you're saying high you pressure and stuff. Game. There would be a lot of pressure. Yeah, and also, like, everyone is playing their best ball. Yeah, that's true. Right now. I actually don't like think there's a, I actually don't think there's a lot of pressure for OKC. I think that people, people know what, what to expect out of them. I mean, them even being competitive is a positive. It's not like they, they have championship odds, so I don't think he'd be pushing it too much. And, I mean, he wouldn't have, like, a high role considering OKC played the whole season without him. So I think he'd probably come off the bench, maybe get, like, 20 minutes a game. I think that's would be a good situation. Even if you can throw him in at the end of a game in like the fourth quarter and just let him get some experience. Cause plus he's a young guy, like players want to play in the NBA, like they're hungry to play. So you don't want to maybe burn a little bit of the bridge and like keep him out knowing he's can play. Like I doubt a, a, a rookie player, a young player wants to do like this load management shit. Yeah. But I mean, you, it's a situation where you kind of, I feel like you got to save him from himself because why not give it like a full, like, I don't know how many from now or a month to October, that many more months to just like rest it and then get stronger, get back in shape. So you don't risk re-injury. But basically that would like be that like a fresh next season. His college season ended. No, he played, he got injured in the summer league. So not, I don't know if yeah. it was a summer league, but it was so he'd be almost yeah, it like was like off season runs. Okay, so it'd be almost like fifteen months without playing competitive real basketball. You think that's a good idea? I mean, I think so, and I think you just grind over the off season to 
make sure you're back 100% and then basically nah. bro see a year off to rehab and the next year is your first year like I disagree with this because I think that a lot of times if you're going to get injured you're going to get injured like certain players maybe just aren't built for the NBA especially a young guy like you don't obviously you don't want to purposely injure anybody like if he's not healthy like a Kevin Durant in the Warriors in 2019 situation where he was kind of forced on the court if it's a situation like that obviously keep him off the court but I'm saying like assuming he's cleared by the doctors and everything's good then then I would put him in because otherwise you're just being too soft like you're kind of starting off somebody's career like hey we're gonna put the kid gloves on and we're gonna make sure you know we're gonna treat you like like you know what I'm trying to say? Like babying a player kind of, especially if he wants to go out there. Yeah. But the issue is like a lot of people are so competitive that they'll ignore like their body telling them like they're good to go just because they want to get back out there when like they could really be, I mean, there no matter what you could benefit from more time rehabbing. Not like, always, bro. I can do is help. Cause like, a lot of times maybe you can get like a little too, like rusty and then when you do go back on the court you're you're out of it uh you're not ready for the nba's pace you haven't played real basketball in you know 15 months so well yeah that's why you go and you grind in the off season yeah but you can't simulate nba players. basketball though that's the problem like you can't i mean you simulate it exactly but it's still not even close bro especially the way teams practice today like they don't practice at, at the game pace. Like nothing, nothing can compare to NBA basketball, especially now when it, the game's faster than ever before. And teams are light on the practices. A lot of times they don't even practice. They skip practice. I know they have training camp in the offseason and stuff, but they still kind of, because of all the injuries, they kind of take that stuff like lightly. It's not as extreme as an NBA game. Like the best practice you can get in today's NBA is the regular season. So I, I feel like why not just do it now? Like why not just give the kid like t 10 to 20 minutes if he's 80% healthy? Because I just think the risks outweigh the, the benefits at that point. But the risks are always going to be there. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be risks next season. There's going to be risks that he gets injured during training camp. There's going to be risks wherever, you know? There's always going yeah, to be a risk. the risk is way higher throwing him in there when everyone's playing their best ball of the season. Like – as competitive as it gets in the regular season, that's where it is right now. And you're throwing him into the game, like without having played the whole season off of an injury. Whereas if you wait till next season, then he's playing his first NBA game where he's rusty, but the rest of the league is also rusty. So what, so what about if there was off. a game against like the Rockets or the Pistons, you wouldn't put him in there. Those teams aren't playing competitive. Well, not as I mean, competitive as like a team chasing a playoff spot. I don't think so because then that would require like him getting ready to play a game and like having to do that every night. I just don't think. Yeah, put him through the simulation, you know, simulate it at least. If you're not going to let him play like an actual and minutes, like have him think, you know, give him like 10 minutes, bro. I don't understand like the risk of 10 minutes. I know there's always a risk of injuries, but like how is if you're telling me he's healthy enough to play, which is cleared by the doctors, like. I, I think it's going to be fine. Like, I think if you're not healthy, you know, right now, I mean, are you really just going to get healthy over the regular season, over the off season? Like, obviously you could, but you're obviously you could also get rusty. You know what I'm saying? 
But I also think they could make some noise, and I think he would also disrupt what they have going oh, on. Oh, okay. Like chemistry-wise. This so, is like similar yeah. – sim, it could be similar also to the situation – yeah, it could be similar to the situation when uh you know Kyrie returned for away games and James Harden. That was kind of the final straw with him in Brooklyn. Yeah, okay, like I, I think get that it's point. just a mixture of both. That makes that sense because, like, why not just let him restart next season? Yeah, well, the thing is, can you can you really there. worry about like a number? What was he the number two pick? A number two pick overall ruining your chemistry? Like that's kind of. A little counterproductive, you know what I'm saying? That's be like, you know, the Cavs draft LeBron, or I mean, it's not really or John Morant after in in 2000 in the Zion draft. It's like, oh, we can't put Ja in because he might ruin what we have. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like this guy is supposed to be well, that's a franchise piece, ja but you don't been playing with the team the whole time. No, but I'm saying like, like if Ja hypothetically or if Zion Zion like Zion w- hypothetically was injured his rookie year and then now it's the end of the season and it's like oh we don't want to put Zion in cuz he could ruin our chemistry. Like that guy's supposed to be the future. You know, you you spent a number 2 overall yeah, pick on him. He's a franchise. But like it's still even like when LeBron misses time when he comes back like he has one or two games where he's rusty and then he gets it going. The only difference is like LeBron knows how to get it going, and like this dude is no. But plays LeBron, when LeBron line. plays, he goes into the starting lineup and he plays thirty-eight minutes a game. I'm talking about ten to twenty minutes for Chet. I'm not saying like, oh, give him the ball and let him run the entire offense and stuff like that. I'm just saying a little bit. Like I don't, I don't know the rotation off the top of my head, but like I'm sure there's some player that's like the ninth guy that you could give his minutes to. Yeah, but when, like, the games become must-win, like, the rotations get smaller, and, like, people, like, your main people are playing most of the games. So, but, like, dude, if I'm, like, all right, so if I'm OKC, like, do I care more about getting our second overall pick franchise player ready to play and start his career, or making the play-in tournament and probably losing? Like, I'd, I'd say the first thing is more important to me. Nah, I would Bro, go really? for the play in tournament and see what we can do because you got an all star. Bro, you can't do Jones anything, bro. So then you, you got Jacob. Bro, so then you're also going to have Chet on the bench in the playoffs knowing he's healthy. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to because me. Because he's like, it's been like Giddy, J Dub, Shay, and to an extent, J Will and like. Uh, Dort. Like, it's Dude, but there. obviously, he's those guys are good players, and SGA is like borderline superstar. But but that's not enough. So even if everyone you just listed gets better, like X-Fold, I mean, that's not championship team unless the number two pick, Chet Holmgren, has some what potential. Like, if he can be what, he, what he's supposed to be, what he was projected to be, that's kind of where you start to get in serious contention if you're OKC. So, like, sacrificing the start of that for a play-in tournament doesn't make any sense to me. I think they're going past the play-in tournament personally. Dude, but okay, so they're going to go in the playoffs. Playoff they're... experience is like extremely valuable. So you might as yeah, well. Yeah, but your number two pick isn't getting any of that experience. Like that doesn't, that kind I of mean, like negates it a little. Them, Bro, that doesn't count He hasn't played all season, so. That doesn't count like there watching. I mean, there is 15 games happened, left. There is like 15 games left. So if he does come back now, I mean, he'll have a decent amount of time. I think and there's I, less than that. I maybe think the 10. Rockets have like eight games left. Oh, shit. Okay. Like, there's not well, that many left. If it was like five, I'd say no. But I'm saying like 10 minutes a game. Like you could afford that. And then especially like if they are what you what you think they can be and they make the playoffs, like that's still some valuable minutes here and there. Like I just give a little bit, bro. Like honestly, bro, like 
fuck the playoffs and fuck the playing tournament if you can get your number two overall pick ready to go. Like, I, I value that much more than... Bro, because I think OKC, like, I know you... There's still a chance, like, okay, whether we disagree, they can make the playoffs, they can miss the playoffs, you know, lose in the playing tournament, win the playing tournament. I mean, it's right still now, up the, in the air. Like, it's not something that's even like set in stone. Right now, the playing tournament in the West is Wolves, Lakers, Pelicans, Thunder. I'm taking the Thunder over all of those teams except the Lakers. But, okay. So, like, so you, even with like a healthy the, cat and ant, you would take OKC to beat the Wolves? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't, bro. I think Ant would be so dangerous, and and they have, you know, talking about yeah, experience, but, I mean, but they got some playing experience. Dangerous too, like, like J Dub has been looking like a future superstar. I would take I them over they, the Pelicans, though. I'll say that, especially if there's no Zion, which is there's looking like there's going to be no Zion. I would take them over the Pelicans. I think it would be an interesting game between them and the the Wolves, but. If I had to bet on it, I'm probably taking the Wolves. If if health, you know, because we don't know what's going on with Cat still. It's it's a little up in the air, but he was back. Um, and Ant, he we got to see Ant go. Yeah, we got to see Ant get back on the, back on the court. So, but health aside, I would take the Wolves. I think they're they're just too good, bro. Like they're nah. I'm I'm taking the th- I'm telling you, bro. The Thunder have been hooping recently. They've gotten it together with just who they have. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, so we, we disagree on this, but we can wrap this combo up. Cause I don't want to spend 20 minutes talking about OKC. I did like that combo though. Yeah. All right. What I want to talk about next is the mess that's going on in Dallas. Like how concerning could this be for Luka Dantish now? Like in the maps could be in a bad place. And this is something that I said after the trade and before the trade, like I thought this trade request hurt Kyrie's value overall. And I thought he would have been way better off just staying put in Brooklyn and helping Kevin Durant and the Nets compete for something serious. I thought once he requested that trade, his max contract chances went down to the floor. Like I think it really, really hurt his chances. I think being competitive with the Nets would have been way better off as far as like getting a bag. And now we're kind of seeing that that was proven correct in Dallas. Like the fact that Dallas can't win games and like Luka Doncic and him aren't working out very well. And it's making like everything in Dallas look so depressing. Like Luka is in a press game conference, like looking all sad, talking about he can't smile anymore. And I'm not blaming that on Kyrie. I'm just saying it's like a bad look overall. And Dallas could be in trouble. Kyrie could be in trouble. And Luka Doncic could be in trouble. Like nothing good has came out of this trade situation. Like they got to win. They got to basically like win out to secure. I mean, it's so close in the West that maybe they just have to win a couple, but it just feels so unlikely so far that just because so far it hasn't worked out very well. And like, I don't, I just don't know what they can even do at this point. Like they're stuck with their roster and going into the off season, if they choose not to have Kyrie, there's not a ton of free agents. They don't even have their first round pick this year, which belongs to New York Knicks. And right now it's a lottery pick. So like, this is very bad right now in Dallas, especially because you have a young player like Luca, who is so phenomenal and so dominant in the playoffs. Like they're really looking like the Cavs under LeBron right now. How do you feel about this situation overall, Ben? I mean, I think I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I think Kyrie cared less about like trying to make noise this season and more about feeling disrespected when he left the Nets. Like, I think it was more of the disrespect thing that made him leave and less of like, oh, I have but a better what, shot at But what was the disrespect, there. though? 
I mean, him and Josiah didn't get along, and he felt disrespected by because he Joe didn't get the contract. And maybe well, the it was that, and I think there was a stuff happening behind closed doors, and then like the tweet that got him suspended, and just like the culmination of everything that happened there. I think he was just trying to get out of there, as opposed to like, oh, I'm gonna go because I have a better chance at winning at a different team. Bro, although so I didn't, I, think, I didn't agree with the suspension. I don't think the NBA and Joe Sai had like much choice about that. I think there was too much like public pressure that was going on. So I think like I wouldn't even blame Joe Sai for that overall, but. As far as like uh, feeling, you know, disrespected, I think the major part of it was the contract. And I don't think that contract, max contract for Kyrie is even out there right now. Like I don't, the, it's already being said that the Lakers don't want him. They'd rather keep D'Lo. And now it's like, are the Mavs going to offer it after they miss the playoffs? Well, that's the thing. I, don't know. I think Maybe the Suns. What's good, oh. Nick? <laughs> Nick? What up, here. yo? Bro, I mean, I think... Kyrie's values through the floor, dude. I dude, would touch I told him with a 10-foot pole if I were a front dude, office. Dude, exactly. Bro, you saw that press conference where Luca was like, this isn't fun, like, basketball's not enjoyable, and the Mavs fans were booing. Yeah, Bro, the Mavs are literally, like, losing the generational talent that they got because of their stupidity. Like, Luca's going to ask out within the next probably two to three seasons, and then the Mavs are fucked because they constructed their roster horribly around him. Well, that's the other thing, I think, is that you said you don't think the the max contract is out there for Kyrie. I think the one team that would do it would be the Mavs. Not because, anymore. Like, if they miss the playoffs, they're not going to fucking offer that shit. Well, I also think this is an Bad. overreaction to, like, a slight slip in the standings. A when slight it's still, like, a slip. One- yeah, like it's still one game. Bro, but it's not the point though. Like, they haven't been winning, bro. They 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 don't have their first round pick. They traded a first round pick. What was it? One or two pick? What was one pick? They only traded one for Okay, Kyrie. they traded they one pick. So they yeah, pick. like they didn't trade a first round pick to miss the playoffs. I guarantee that. Well, yeah, nah, but bro, I mean, they thought Kyrie was going to be the answer next to Luka and clearly that hasn't worked. But, like you have two ball dominant guards playing next to each other like We've seen time and time again that doesn't work out. So I don't know what the fuck that the Mavs were even thinking. I think it also takes time to, like, get with each other and, like, get that chemistry you need. Bro, but if you know it takes time, you don't trade midseason for two ball-dominant guards like Nick just said. If you know it takes time, you wouldn't do it in the middle of the season when he's a free agent next year. I think you would because you'd probably have a better shot with him, like, seeing your organization, knowing the offense get to know your players and coaches you have a better chance at recruitment in the offseason so you're thinking that so you're thinking that they're still that they're still going to offer the contract if they miss the playoffs and luca is like looking depressed and they're booing them the fans are booing i think so because they're like first of all dallas is known for taking care of their players and I think that they don't really have any better options in the offseason. They're, play, they're like, loyal they players that they drafted. I mean, maybe. Yeah, but they need someone next to Luka to make any noise. Yeah, but like, if you, you think it's not working, I mean, what, if you think it's not working, you're going to give Kyrie Irving a max contract? Like, if that still doesn't work, that contract is going to be so untradeable. Well, I don't, I don't think you can make the determination that it's not going to work based off this small sample size of games. Dude, it's I not really a small sample size. I mean, they've played that. like 10 games together. Yeah, that's nothing in the NBA. I mean, that, that is a small sample size, but it really hasn't been encouraging at all. And like you said before, bro, like you don't make this move if you're like mid-season, if you're not trying to see an instant improvement. Yeah. 
I like, mean, yeah, that would move. be ideal. They made but... his move to try and, like, help their, like, playoff standing and make a run in the playoffs. And, like, they're probably going to miss the playoffs at this point. Like, I I think the Lakers, like, low-key have a better shot of making the playoffs than the Mavs do. And the Thunder probably do, too. I think the Lakers depends a lot on LeBron's. I think if you let Luka Doncic get in the play, bro, I think if you let Luka Doncic get in the play-in tournament, like I'm not betting against him, dude. He's a killer in the playoffs. If they they make the play-in, they're making the playoffs, but they might miss the play-in altogether at this point. Let me look at their schedule. It's still like a one-game difference. I know, it's not a huge difference. So they're playing Charlotte right now. They've got the Pacers, Philadelphia, Miami, Atlanta, Sacramento, the Bulls in San Antonio. So, how many games is that? They got a good mix. They got a good mix of like teams. They definitely so they have, should be they have, strong. They have eight there. games left. I think they could like. I think like they're they might get dropped by Philadelphia, Sacramento. Maybe I think the rest of the games are winnable for them. Like they if they yeah, could yeah, go if they could go six and two like that's that should be good enough to get them in depending on how the other teams do. But like that's you know yeah, I think pretty the decent. Drop. The pe- yeah, the Pelicans have been just worse and worse every day. Bro, these like and the thing that sucks with the Pelicans is Brandon Ingram is finally starting to play better too, but now the rest of the team is just fucking selling. I like, think the Clippers been, might drop too. The Clippers? Oh yeah, because they don't have Paul George. Yeah. Paul George is out for like the next month. So here's OKC schedule. They've got hold on. NBA keeps giving me pop-ups. They've got Portland, Charlotte, Detroit, Indiana, Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, Memphis. Their schedule is a little more favorable. Like, Portland is in the dumps. Charlotte should be a win. Detroit should be a win. Indiana is like, you know, that one's kind of up in the air. Phoenix. They should beat Indiana. Golden State, Utah. I mean, the thing is, like, their last game, Memphis. Like, is Memphis really going to be competing? We don't really know about that. Utah is probably going to be trying to lose that game. Let's see. Do they, they play Golden State? Okay, so they play at Golden State. So Golden State's probably going to get that one. If they hosted them, yeah. That Memphis game out. is... That Memphis game will be a good game. Well, it depends. Like, is Memphis going to be playing for anything? That's kind of the question. Yeah. I mean, Jaw is back. So no, but if the, if the, it's be. the last game of the reg- for one of the last games, I haven't checked Memphis' schedule, Whoa. but... Yeah, like well, if, if Memphis, right on they'll if, probably be locked in by then. I know what you're saying. Yeah, nah, they'll be they'll still have like a two three seed battle because like they're only one game ahead of the Kings, so they'll be playing for the two seed most likely. No, they're 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 one and a half. I mean, that's a slight difference, but you're right. You're probably right. But they have played like a solid, you know, two weeks without Jaw. Now they've got Jaw back, so they'll probably outpace the Kings a, a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. they dropped off without Jaw. Like they've they've had a decent amount of like injury struggles. For them to be the second seed is like a pretty good accomplishment. I know the top of the West Bain is was like, out for a big part yeah exactly. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaw Morant now with this situation. Adams is still out. Yeah, exa- he's I think he's out for the whole season. But uh, bro, that's because Adams is so important. Yeah, they kind of need Adams. I think he might come back for the playoffs. I think I yeah, I don't think he was close. Hearing that he was out for good, I think yeah, I think he might be back for the playoffs. But I'm not positive about okay. that. Yeah, so that's that's pretty solid for Memphis to be able to get the second seed. I know the West isn't like that that competitive at the top. Like imagine coming into the season if you said that the Kings would have been the third seed, people would have lost their minds, bro. Like that would have been such an outlandish. That would have been such an outlandish prediction to have. And if you said, oh, the Kings are going to be the third seed 
And uh, they're going to have the best offensive rating ever in NBA history. People will be like, yo, you need to go to the mental hospital, bro. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, that is wild. But we got to give ourselves credit, bro, because we were saying on this podcast before the season that the Kings are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. and look exactly, at Exactly, bro. Like, I, I was listening back, and I, like, I had a segment where I was like, the Kings will make the playoffs. They're going to make it for sure. And Facts. I didn't think they were going to be this good. Like, I'm not going to gas myself up, up to, you know, I thought they'd be in the playoffs, but, like, Play in tournament six seed. I never thought they would have been the fifth, the four, the third seed. And I give the Kings a lot of credit for that. I just think there isn't like a ton of, you know, top. The West isn't top heavy. I mean, we went through this this last podcast, but like the top of the West is yeah. kind of wide open. It's so wide open to the point where I think that the Nuggets could be upset in the first round by the Lakers. I mean, I don't think there's like they totally could. That's not out yeah. of question. And, like, the teams that I really thought were going to be the best in the West, like the Clippers and the Mavs, they've really been struggling. I mean, the Clippers haven't had a lot of health, and now they have this Paul George injury when they're finally starting to hit some strides happening to them again. I mean, this whole Clippers era can just be described by, like, injuries and COVID and all this bullshit. So it's a disappointment. Yeah, I think I thought they were going to be one of the best teams in the West coming into the season. Obviously, Memphis, the Nuggets were there. People thought the Warriors would be better than they actually were, but they've been slightly disappointing. Um, yeah, so I just think I that Memphis was going to be the best team in the West this year. And I mean, they've been good, but they haven't been as good as I thought they were going to be. But yeah, they ha- they've had they've had injuries, though. That's what I'm saying. They They've done better than they should have with the injuries they've been dealing with. So I'm not going to say, like, they've had a disappointing season. They've definitely had some struggles. And they're such a young team that, like, anything they do at this point is positive. I mean, they're second in the fucking Western Conference. So they they don't have anything negative going on besides this John Morant situation. And I think mostly that's going to be healed up now. I think this is kind of the last negativity we'll be hearing from John Morant. Yeah, and they're all like you said, they're all so young. So that team yeah. still has so much more room to grow. Like that team is going to be a problem for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't it say reminds like, me a lot of the old. It reminds me a lot of like the old Grizzlies dynasty that they built too, because they like had guys since they were. Yeah, you can't call them dynasty. <laughs> they didn't win anything, but those, but those like old Grizzlies teams where you With had Zach like Randolph Kobe and, Allen, yeah. Evo, and Mark Gasol and Conley, like. Those are all guys that they developed through their organization, and they were a perennial playoff team for like five. Six yeah, they seasons. they were definitely pretty stable. They just didn't have a John Morant. I think that's the major difference between these teams. But I get what you're saying, bro. Definitely. And they both have Marcus like the grit and grind. Though. Like they both have the grit and grind physical physicality element to them. So they, I don't know how they do that, bro. They must have some secret sauce in Memphis or something. Choose one player on the roster to be a menace each year, and then it just rubs <laughs> off on the whole team. Like they That's had a good point. back then. Now they got fucking Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I think that Memphis team was much more likable. I mean, I can't remember exactly though. I feel like a lot of people loved Zach Randolph overall as a player. Uh, the only thing that they sure. really got a lot of hate for was uh, Marc Gasol winning Defensive Player of the Year over LeBron, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, and he didn't even make first team All yep. Defense. That was that was one of the greatest robberies in NBA history, man. I don't, I don't imagine, dude. Imagine LeBron's legacy if you were able to put Defensive Player of the Year next to him, because people forget how good of a two-way player Prime LeBron was. I mean, the Heat had a great defense every single year. LeBron was already was mostly guarding a lot of the best players on the other team, holding down that defense. Like people forget about that element of LeBron, and I feel like it's because he didn't have a Defensive Player of the Year award to attach to his name. I remember when LeBron was like on his last few years on the Cavs, or maybe it was his first few years on the Heat, 
he said that the award he wants the most, like, in his career is Defensive Player of the Year. And he was trying to win that shit, but he just got robbed so often. Yep. Because people didn't view LeBron as that, and I think that was kind of the thing that he didn't have on his side. Like, a lot of people weren't saying, oh, LeBron is an all-time great defender. Like, no one was really putting that next to his name. Although, who really puts that next to Marcus Hall's name, to be honest? Yeah, and I... Did, did MJ ever win defensive Oh, yes, yes, year? yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. That's that's probably a big part of the reason why LeBron wanted to is so he could match MJ's accolades. I don't think necessarily. I just think that LeBron is a prideful guy, and he knows his defense is great and the effort he puts in. Like, I, I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think it's a part of both because, like, I agree with you that he wants it because, like, he takes pride in his game and stuff. But, like, obviously with him getting compared to Mike his whole career, like, I feel like he wants to, like, be able to say he did everything that Mike did, you know? Because that's, like, one thing people use against LeBron in the GOAT conversation. Like, oh, Michael Jordan was an elite two-way player. He won Defensive Player of the Year. And even though LeBron was an elite two-way player, like, the casuals and the old heads who make these, like, debates, they don't realize that because they don't see that Defensive Player of the Year. Well, yeah, and Michael Jordan is tied with Kobe for the most all-NBA defensive team selection. So that's kind of on his side, Yeah, that's wild. But uh, LeBron, like LeBron, should have been all defense every year, like until he got to the Lakers. Like he was playing elite defense every season, but people yeah, exactly. just didn't recognize him because how how good he was at offense. Yeah, and I get what you're saying about LeBron, maybe not trying to be Mike or wanting to be like Mike. I that's one kind of thing I have with LeBron is I wish he would have never worn 23 because I wanted hit. I wanted LeBron to make a number iconic. That's how I felt with number six in Miami and number six now in the Lakers. It's like number six, I know Bill Russell had it, but it feels more like LeBron's number. Like 23 felt like LeBron was borrowing the number. I feel like there's never going to be anybody who can wear 23 and be better than Jordan. Like it's just not possible. Like 23 is so iconic because of Jordan. It's like designing your logo and is like, copying the Jumpman logo. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It feels like... Because, dude, if LeBron wore six or any number, really, any number that didn't already have Michael Jordan attached to it, like, LeBron could have made that number iconic. And that's, like, kind of something I, I wish he would have stuck with. I don't I, I don't understand why. I mean, he could have done, like, Kobe and just wore 24 and... Or not 24, but, like, 22. And, 22. Yeah. Like, why not something like that? Like, why would you... I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, but also when I think about LeBron, like, even though he's he wore six on the Heat, obviously, and he wears six on the Olympic team and now on the Lakers, like, I just think of him as a 23 for some reason. So, I like, I definitely agree that if he picked a different number at the start of his career, like, it would be a lot different. But because he was 23 for so long, I don't I don't think it's that weird. Like, I... Like honestly, when I think of no, it's not. It's like, not. I think of LeBron and Jordan at the same time. Yeah, uh, yeah, but also, bro, you're like, you never watched your like, you didn't experience Jordan. Like none of us did. Facts. But if you're like, yeah, a, if you're like a, a veteran NBA watcher and you're like, you know, fifty or however years, sixty years old or something, like twenty three is always going to be Jordan. Like it's like someone else. Like imagine if uh. Like some, like uh, Victor Wembanyama or some hyped up prospect was like, "Oh, I'm gonna wear 23." Like people would be like, "What?" Well, I also think 23 was LeBron's high school number. So. Yeah, I know, I get that, but like he wore it because of Jordan. Like there's, he, wore, he didn't yeah, just he wore pick it. It just feels yeah, like you're. Wa- it just feels like you're spending so much time like wanting to be Jordan because you're wearing his number. Like 
it just it just doesn't feel like unique or like it's your identity. Like, dude, look at Luca wearing seventy seven. Like everyone's gonna know that number now because of Luca Dantich. Like if he, especially well, if he ends up as an all time great player. Reason Luca's wearing seventy seven is because he got to the Mavs and seven was taken. Oh, that's that's a good point. Because Dwight Powell had seven. Luca wore seven. Is dude Dwight Powell? He couldn't give give up that number for Luca. I didn't know about that. Fucking guess not, dude, because Dwight Powell's still on the team to this day, rocking number seven. But Luca was seven his whole career. Like, he was seven on Real Madrid. He was seven in international competition. He got to the Mavs. Dwight had seven, so he had to take 70. But, dude, you can't can't lie that, like, 77 feels kind of, like, like dope, bro. Like, no player – really no players have had a number that high up there like that. Like, it's it's rare. So, especially for a star player. It's kind of dope because – I like it's it. Kind of dope because it's Luca, but I also think like if it wasn't Luca wearing seventy seven, that shit would look like that. That would look like a clown number, dude. Like I feel like any number above fifty, um, other than fifty five, any number above fifty five, with the exception of ninety nine, looks really stupid on a jersey. Man, That's just my opinion. Ninety nine looks stupid on a jersey too for basketball. Nah, Jake Jake Crowder looked clean in ninety nine. I don't know. I'm not a fan of 99. Nah, but one number. Bro, who were 55 besides uh, Roy Hibbert, bro? Do you know someone who's 55 that you're defending? Who? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Other dudes in the league now that were 55. I just can't put my name up. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to think of. But uh, I think any, I think all numbers look good. I just think that numbers that, that aren't original are, are the ones that look kind of dumb if you're a star player like you Probably know what i'm saying so. when oj mayo went to the bucks and he started wearing double zero i thought that was dope as fuck because you never see guards wearing double zero you only see like shitty big men so to see like a saucy guard wearing double zero was so cool to me yeah i get what you're saying um yeah but I like I think all numbers look good, and that's not really a ba- a big thing about LeBron. It's just like a minor comparison. I just feel like any number LeBron could have wore would have became so iconic, and because twenty three is like universally known, bro. Like it's a universally known number, and mostly because Back. of Jordan. Same with twenty four, bro. Definitely. Like, dude, everyone knows twenty four as Kobe. Like that's Kobe's number. When you think of number twenty four, you think of Kobe Bryant. In every sport, bro. Like. Darrell Revis in football wore 24, but, like, I'm pretty sure even he thinks of Kobe when he thinks of 24. Yeah, and that's crazy because he wore eight for, like, literally half of his career. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Nah, you'd be surprised. A lot of people people go as eight Kobe. Yeah, I mean, Dinwiddie changed his number from eight because of Kobe. Dinwiddie used to be eight on the Nets, and then when Kobe died, he changed it to 26. That's respect. Because two plus six equals eight. Yeah, and the Lakers retired both jerseys, so I think he's kind of have to. But with both. are the Lakers going to do that? They did. Well, no, I'm saying for LeBron. I meant for LeBron. I meant for. LeBron. Oh. Oh nah, dude. They'll nah, probably I don't retire think so. six. I don't even know if they'll retire one of. Well, but they he, probably. But he won the championship under twenty three, though. That is true. I don't well, know what they'll do. If he wins another championship somehow, I could see him doing it. 
to me Bro. that the Nuggets that the Nuggets allowed Jokic to wear 15. So now 15 can't be retired for Carmelo Anthony. I think Melo is okay. No, I think I because I, I remember there was something Melo came out against that kind of. I can't remember what he said what if mean? he was in support or if he was against. It. I mean, Melo, the way he headed out of Denver wasn't the most positive thing in the world. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I feel like the fans still loved him. Like it was really just beef between him and George Carl. And like yeah. everyone has beef. Bro, Carl. anyways, bro, who cares about that for like Denver? Oh, Denver, Colorado. Like having number seven in MSG is way more badass. So fuck that shit. Yeah, that is true. I, I don't know. I'm just a Mello fan, so I wanted to get his respect. Nah, Mello, Mel, dude. Dude, Mello, Mello has to be one of the most disrespected players ever, and, it, and a lot of it is because, bro, sure. bro ge- like geeks in their mom's basement get online and like read the stats and like, oh my god, his stats weren't that good, and it's like, bro, come oh, on, I you weren't he- even around back then, and it's like, oh, he never, he never, you know, had playoff success, but like he had, you know, he was decently competitive. It's just his prime aligned with LeBron James's and Dwayne Wade's prime, like that's. I mean, being the third, being the third guy out of those three is like not really a slight. It's hard to compete For against prime LeBron. Well, he was like the third best player in the league. Like it was LeBron, Kobe, and Melo. Yeah, the thing like he f- he was making, he was making the playoffs every year. He just wasn't like making it deep into them. The thing he and fucked up. It. The thing he fucked up on is letting Chris Bosh be the third guy in the big three instead of him. Like that's where he went wrong. Well, I think he went wrong with not trying harder on defense because that was always his one knock is that he was kind of a cone his whole career. Now, so. the real issue with the real issue with Mello is that he like, and I love Mello, but he definitely cared more about money than yeah money because he put himself in unfavorable situations exactly. just so that he could get a bag. Which I can't like fault someone for that, bro, because like that's a lot of money and that's like generational money, so. I mean, at the end of the day, like, is a basketball championship worth, like, is it worth, like, mo- multiple hundreds of millions of dollars? I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you got to understand that, especially when a lot of these players aren't coming from the best upbringing. Like, you got to secure your bag while you have the chance. Yeah, exactly. yeah did y'all see that Dinwiddie interview he did? He kind of talked about that. Nah, uh, what was that? It was uh, this week, I think, this past week. He was talking about how, like, if you're not, like, one of the top two players like LeBron or MJ, where if you change the game like AI or Steph Curry, like two to three years after your career, they're not going to talk about you anymore. Like no, one I disagree with T-Mac. that. That's like, a whack no take, bro. About everyone talks about T Mac. Hold up, bro. Well, this is what he nah, said. Bro, I, I but... kind of see that. Like, who's who's talking yeah. about? Who's a good example of someone like that? That was Brandon an all-star Roy. recently and retired. Well, but that's because of the injuries. He had such a short career. But, like, who's talking about uh, who's talking about Marcus Saul right now? We just talked about him, like, two seconds yeah, ago. We, I mean, we just did. But, like, who is in, like, the NBA community other Bro, than us? Casual, okay, on casuals on Twitter aren't talking about it. But, like, people who enjoy the sport of basketball and enjoy it, like, talk about these guys. Like, Jamal Crawford gets brought up all the time. We just brought up Melo. Like, I think he deserves more love, but he still gets, like, a decent amount of love. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, Charles Barkley. I mean, 
is on TV, so he gets a like he has a higher profile. Yeah, I like, guess that's I Reggie Miller. I, I mean, he, bro, it's hard to think of guys that aren't in front of your face all the time. I mean, that's just kind of a fact. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Is like unless you're one of these game changing players or like a superstar like Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, like you're not going to be in front of everyone's face every day. So then at that point, your career becomes more about you than trying to make all these like lists and shit. I guess that makes sense. But Melo is closer to like LeBron than some irrelevant NBA player. Like he's kind of in that combo of like superstars, game changers. Bro, what I was saying before was I saw this post on Instagram where people were just slandering Melo in the comments saying Paul Pierce was better than him. And I was like, you've got to be fucking I mean, bro, that's not like a blasphemous take, though. That's not like some – like, Paul Pierce had a great career. Yeah, but Paul Pierce was ass until KG got there. No, he wasn't No, he wasn't Bro, I mean, he he wasn't ass, but his teams were ass. Well, yeah, because he had no one on his team, and then he did have someone on his team and won championships. But Melo had no one on his team. But that's but no one off. is no one is to get blamed for that except Melo, bro. He had the opportunity to join the big three heat, but he just didn't align his contract good Did enough. Did he really? Yeah, bro. Yeah. Bro, he was a hundred percent the guy over Chris Bosch. Like Chris Bosch, bro, respect to Chris Bosch, and that was the best rebound in all in all of NBA history. But like, I mean, they would have picked Melo over him for sure. Yo, yeah, they yo, did an interview that. about this you about this bro did you see that interview with mario chalmers where he was oh like my God. i know that was a great hold on let's by ray allen but like i was wide open on that shit <laughs> let's finish this combo first let's finish this combo but basically we're saying we want to give uh mellow more respect and i feel like there's a lot of nba players that deserve flowers that don't really get their flowers so i can kind of see spencer dinwiddie's point overall is that I mean, there is a lot of NBA players that contribute a decent amount to the game, but do kind of get lost in translation of NBA history. And I feel like that's, you know, marketing. Like a lot of these guys, if you want your career to be remembered is you got to market yourself a little bit. Like J.R. Smith is going to be remembered forever. Obviously he joined LeBron, but he's like a great personality and his marketing is pretty good. Like he's a pretty popular person. Nah, I don't think he's going to be remembered forever. Not forever, bro. But like multiple and I were like, randomly you think about remember when jr smith forgot how much time was on the clock oh yeah that's true too that that's true like he's gonna be that smith guy has these, in nba history JR smith has memes that are immortalized in the call like that one meme of him looking baked as fuck mid-game <laughs> like that shit will never die yeah so i feel like a lot of that is kind of down to marketing and like how much you know you put yourself out there but if you're like like if you're a good star starter in the nba and you have like a 10-year career like yeah people probably aren't going to bring your name up a lot you know five years down the line after you retire so i kind of get that point but let's move on from this combo so we want to talk about mario chalmers in the world tour he's going on of saying dumbass shit nick obviously you brought up the quote about how he said he was wide open and uh you know, Chris Bosch passed to the best, one of the best shooters in NBA history and Ray Allen and made the right choice. But I think he was mostly just joking, bro. I think he was joking, but he probably does. That was, I, I, replay. And yes, Mario Chalmers was wide open, but Chris Bosch grabbed that rebound and he literally had his back. Yeah. To Chalmers. You expect him to like waste five seconds to pivot and throw it to you. And like, LeBron was wide open too. Like LeBron was also wide open. Yeah, but LeBron just missed I know, but, but on the previous possession, he missed a three. They got the rebound and passed it back out, and he, he hit it. So I think if it Bro, got passed to LeBron, he also would have hit that shot. 
and at the same time, bro, if I'm Mario Chalmers, I'm saying that same same thing. Yeah, bro. like, why am I on the court if I don't think I'm hitting that shot? Exactly. Wide open. Exactly, yeah. bro. So. Dude, but Ray Allen, have you guys Auburn? watched? Have you guys watched the sports science on that on that shit? Yeah, his jumper is exactly the same every single time. Nah, I'm saying on that on that specific shot. Like there was a sports science that came out about like how he changed his shot. It was so sick. I'm gonna see if I can find it. No, I think I actually have seen that actually. Now that you mentioned that, because I remember hearing about how he had to like change his release like slightly to get the shot off in time or something like that. Yeah. I'm gonna see if I can find it. Who said the shit about people not being scared of Bron but being scared of Jordan? I yeah, that is such a stupid argument, bro. Like I've been seeing that all over Twitter recently, and like you cannot tell me people were not scared of Bron, bro. Bro, Draymond whole... literally came out. Draymond literally came out and said there were dudes on our team who were scared of Bron. Yeah, bro. Like he had the whole Eastern Conference scared of him for like four straight years, bro. Like, no one, like, everyone knew it was GG's by the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you, like, that was, that was the East team's championship for, like, four years because everyone was just going to get washed by Braun. And, like, I kind of understand where he's coming from, where, like, because he kind of clarified a little bit. Jordan was, like, an asshole. Well, no, he was also, like, as a player, like, I would, I'm more scared of getting cooked for, like, 70 or 60 than I am, like, by getting cooked for, like, a 30-point triple-double. Like, I would rather get cooked with a 30-point triple-double than get, like, 60 dropped on my head. So, in that I mean, sense, yeah, like, I could see being more LeBron. scared of Jordan than Bron, but, like, you can't tell me no one's scared of Bron. Paul George was definitely shitting his pants every time the Pacers got matched up with Bron in the Eastern Conference. Bro, finals. I feel like a lot of this is, like, players back in the day weren't afraid to admit stuff because who really cared? But I think players today or players today are so egotistical that they're, they want to get on camera and, like, pretend, like, oh, I never feared LeBron. I was never scared. I'm tough. And it's like they're yeah, faking like, it, bro. bro. They're fake. They're lying. I feel, I feel like people are still scared of Jordan to this day, and that's why you don't hear people fucking shitting on him at this point. Like, no, Isaiah, bro, Isaiah Thomas never feared Michael Jordan. How about that? Isaiah Thomas, bro, if Isaiah Thomas stayed healthy, I mean, he would have been competing in the 90s with Jordan. So, like... He was definitely yeah. not scared. I Larry Bird had that one quote, and people love this fucking quote. Oh, that's Jesus and sneakers or whatever. Like, I guarantee he didn't fear Jordan either, bro. Like, okay, Charles Barkley feared Jordan. I doubt Hakeem Olajuwon was scared if Jordan didn't tuck his tail and run to go play baseball. Nah, like, bro. Hakeem Olajuwon wanted Jordan. Exactly. Like, like what the fuck is this shit, like, bro? Like Shaq, everyone, when he okay, when Shaq beat Jordan in the playoffs, did he did he did he fear Jordan? Like, what what are we talking about, bro? Bro, nah. Kobe literally came out first game against the Bulls and tried to hit Jordan's own move on him. Like that's the definition of not being scared of someone. True. Yeah, for real. Like. <laughs> There's a lot of revisionist history that I feel like goes on between old school basketball and like current basketball. Bro, and it's like what what does that have to do with anything? Like, oh 
Okay, I didn't fear LeBron. All right, you're delusional then because he just kicked <laughs> your ass. Okay, the Golden State Warriors in 2016. Kevin Durant, please, please help. Yeah, like, bro. oh, they didn't fear LeBron? <laughs> like, what was the fucking point of having Kevin Durant on your team if you didn't fear LeBron? Like, okay, the, the greatest, the most winningest team in NBA history did not fear LeBron so much that after they blew a 3-1 lead for the first time in NBA history in the finals, they went and recruited the second best player in the NBA to come join them. But, oh, they didn't fear LeBron. Like, get the fuck out of here with this. What are we talking yeah, Draymond, about? Draymond himself said that there were people on the team that feared LeBron. And I don't know why Mario Chalmers is out here spreading that narrative when you're literally teammates Dude, with the man. And the man helped bring you two championships. Like, be a little fucking grateful. Like, have Dude, some respect. I've seen, I've seen Mario Chalmers in a huddle himself fearing LeBron James, okay? <laughs> Dude, this is... You know what this is, bro? Like, oh, if I say this, it's going to go viral on Twitter and I'm going to have a job opportunity in the media. Like, that's the extent of this. Yeah. Remember me for more than being the worst person in that starting five. <laughs> bro but when people come out and say they they didn't fear jordan it's always some excuse about it it's like oh isaiah thomas you know he just hates michael jordan and all this stuff but when someone comes out and says this about lebron it's like automatically validated as something you know relevant but it's 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 total bullshit dude Dude, everyone is so quick to say LeBron is soft. LeBron isn't like a real killer. He doesn't have the Jordan mentality. It's such bullshit. But like players that don't didn't fear LeBron, I think, are like, bro, when Kawhi Leonard was on the Spurs, I don't think he feared LeBron. I think actually he was ready for the the task. And I think that's mostly because Kawhi Leonard doesn't feel any emotions at all. So of course he's not gonna be uh, scared. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't like him at all, but I don't think Iguodala ever really feared LeBron. Like, he stepped up when he had to and guarded him in the first finals. Yeah. But, dude, it's of course you're not going to feel fear him if his arms are strapped behind his back and he's handicapped with Matthew Della Vadova. Like, okay, you don't fear him. Congratulations. Yeah, that is true, bro. Delhi is credit, dude. He was fucking clamping staff that whole series. Bro, okay, I'm gonna tell you guys this right now, bro. If the, I'm gonna if be the... honest. Go ahead. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never seen someone defend Steph Curry better than Delavadova did in that finals. At least not one on one. Yeah. Nah, Pat Bev used to clamp his ass up. <laughs> oh, no, no, was running around like a fucking crazy person. Yeah, he he had some momentum on his side, but. Um, yeah, I agree with that overall, but, uh, what was I about to say? Bro, you think that if the Nuggets get the first seed and the Lakers aren't the A seed, that Jokic and Jamal Murray aren't going to be fucking shivering in their bed at night thinking about having to play LeBron again? Bro, they're going to be having Dude, the that. Vietnam flashback PTSD, like, oh my god, he's coming. He's coming. He's back again. Like, come on with this crap, That shit dude. would go at least... That shit would go at least six games, dude. Like, the Nuggets would have a realistic chance of losing that series. Bro, if you're the Nuggets... Go ahead. Austin Rivers has been absolutely getting buckets these past couple games. Like, dude, I did Austin not know Rivers Austin Rivers had that. Dude, that, ha that happens like, one month out of every NBA season where Austin Rivers just, like, goes crazy. He's like a Jeremy. He has Austin his Rivers yearly Jeremy Lin moments. Austin Rivers. Austin Reeves on the Lakers. Oh, yeah, Austin yeah. Reeves has been going off lately. Yeah, you're right about that. Fucking <laughs> Hillbilly Kobe. I don't know how good he'll be. Like, I, I don't think he could keep playing this well. I think he's just having a hot stretch. Bro, is he Austin Rivers still really even on the Nuggets, bro? Why did I? Yeah, I think he, I think he is still on the Nuggets, but I don't think he plays that much. Like, 
kind yeah, of a I think ball he more. I was like, I didn't. Even, I was no, he's on Minnesota. I was like, I didn't even know he he was still in he's the He's on Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, he warms yeah, the he bench there. <laughs> yeah, because they play McLaughlin instead of him. But yeah, bro, Austin Reeves is like leading the NBA in free throws over the last four games, which is just like, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> he came out and said that he studied. Pardon and he studied the referees. Yeah, just like how they drew the fouls. I'm like, yeah, Trey Young. That's what he said. Oh, Trey Young. Yeah, it was Trey Young. (laughs) Bro, I'm telling you, draw fouls. He took a quick, uh, quick crash course in drawing fouls (laughs) and instantly started dropping thirty. The only way he should be able to draw fouls is is with a fucking pencil, bro. Like he should not be getting this strong of a whistle. Like, come on. Dude, oh my god, people were glazing him so hard after he dropped like 35 points. It's like, bruh, Dane dropped, uh, nah, fucking Donovan Mitchell dropped a 71-point double-double in a win, and you're not glazing him this hard. <laughs> nah, they were after he did that. But that's more, so yeah, they, they were, they were. But it's like, it's also Damian Lillard, bro. Hard as fucking Austin Reeves, though. Like people are acting like this man is the second coming of Jesus for dropping thirty-five points, bro. Because he's, he's a. Go ahead, Ben. <laughs> Go. We couldn't hear LA. you. What'd you say? He's also on LA or in LA on the Lakers. Like that tends yeah. to happen. Lakers players. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> bro, I'm just gonna tell you guys right now, bro. I think the media is racist, and that's why they like him. I was low-key thinking that. Like, what? I was like, are they giving this guy so much love because he's a white guy? I was like, nah, that can't be it. It's because he's on L.A. No, sure. it's also because, bro, the media loves, like, um, I don't know if it's the media. I think it's fans. But, like, when it's a little bit, like, of, of a goofy player, like, Austin Reeves is a little bit goofy acting. Dude, maybe. and that's because he's white. Like, yeah, white maybe. guys in the NBA that are American are always goofy. Like, the only I, ones that aren't are, like, the boring white guys. I think it's more because he looks like just a regular ass dude you'd That's see on the street. Bro, because fan, <laughs> fans want to have someone that they can, like, I guess relate to, kind of. I feel like that's why a lot of people, lo- lo- like, love Steph Curry a lot. Because he's, like, he's more, like, re- as relatable as an NBA player could be. Obviously, you can't relate to a guy who's, like, fucking seven feet tall and fucking 300 pounds. <laughs> so, uh, maybe that... Yeah, and Austin Reeves also kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, Damian, everyone knows how great Dame is. Like, he's a top 75 player of all time. He's a legend, but I think he did get a lot of love for 71, but it's more expected that Dame gets 71 versus Austin Reeves getting 31 points. Like, if, if I had to bet, or 30, I don't know how much it was. I think it was 27. But, like, I, I would put my money more on Damian getting 71 than I would on Austin Reeves getting 25. I'm not even going to lie to you. That's wild. Bro, because he hasn't really done that. He wasn't yeah. really doing this before. And who expected him to I mean, shoot like 10 starts. free throws? He was just inconsistent. Yeah. And he also yeah, took I mean, Lonnie's, Lonnie Walker's yeah, minutes. So he's getting yeah, more I was just about now. to say that. I was just about to say that. The Lakers completely took Lonnie out of the rotation. Yeah, so he's getting like 20 plus. Or Austin Reeves is getting like 20 plus minutes a night. So he's kind of getting a little more consistent. But also, he's had the ball in his hands a lot more since LeBron's been out, so that contributes, too. Yeah, and it helps that D'Lo can actually play off-ball, unlike Russ Westbrook. Yeah, that helps, too. I mean, before, they just had a lot of guards. Like, is Shooter even healthy? I feel like he's been injured for a bit. I'd have to check. 
I think he's playing. I, I think he's healthy. He just comes off the bench, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because he, he has had games like this where he explodes for, like, uh, Schroeder has some games here and there where he'll get you, like, 25. Yeah, Schroeder's the type of player that can go off on any given night. Like, he's streaky. He's like Reggie Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's been playing. He's been starting, too. Oh, he's been starting? Yeah, they've been starting together. I feel like... Uh, they start D'Lo and Schroeder? So no, D'Lo is, is, is like a little injured, bro. Like, he, he, he comes and goes. Like, some games he's healthy, some games... He, he's very, like, in and out of the lineup because of his injuries. Yeah, that's true. Like, he went off against when Phoenix. D'Lo's healthy. D'Lo's healthy. Do they start Schroeder? No, uh, against Phoenix, they started Reeves and D'Lo together. But you're right, that does help that he plays off the ball. Yeah, fast. So he can play off the ball. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel that's about... Why he, that's, why, that's why he played so well on the Nets, because he was, like, sharing the ball with Dinwiddie and LeVert and, like, playing on and off ball. How do you feel about the Lakers uh, kind of structuring their future with D'Lo and not going after Kyrie? I think that's the right move. Because D'Lo is a lot cheaper. Like, D'Lo is probably somewhere in, like, the $20 million annually type of range. I mean, Kyrie wants a yeah, fucking original max contract. Yeah, D'Lo's not getting another max. Like, D'Lo's probably getting I, – I, my guess is D'Lo is going to get between, like, 22 and 26 mil a season, which, like, for a player like him is a great deal. Yeah, and maybe if the and, Lakers are, like, you know, give us a discount. and Because, bro, I bet he wants to win a chip, too. And, like, playing with AD is probably great, assuming he stays healthy, like a veteran LeBron. It's probably a good situation overall. Plus, you get to be in Los Angeles, so – that probably AD adds to the so pie. To for real, when AD is healthy, I think he's the best center in basketball. I would give him the slight edge over Embiid, but he's never healthy, so it's totally unfair to say to say that because Embiid has been like so dominant almost the whole entire season. So, but yeah, I think I'm still taking Embiid over AD when they're both healthy. Yeah, I. Yeah, I probably am too, but AD is also unstoppable. I mean, this season yeah, for sure, but. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. You'd have to give the nod to Embiid. I mean, 33 fucking points per game is pretty insane. Bro, when I was wa- – I forget what game it was, but it was one of the more – oh, I think it was against the Warriors. When I was watching Embiid's highlights against the Warriors, I was just like, holy fuck, dude. This man is insane. Like, Bro, did you see that uh, – one and that big moving the way he does? Like, it makes no sense. Bro, did you see that Draymond was like before, – before the game, I think, in an interview or something, he was like, oh, Jokic is the hardest player to guard in the NBA. And then after that game against Embiid the 70 – personally. Uh, no, after that game against the 76ers, he changed it to Joel Embiid. He's like, yeah, Joel Embiid's the hardest to guard. Because Embiid said to him in the game, he was like, I heard you say, uh, <laughs> Jokic is yeah. the hardest player. And I took that personally or something like that. Literally, literally, Bro, literally. It's crazy. Like, people make such a big deal over Victor Wembanyama being so tall and having these guard skills. But, like, Joel Embiid honestly has a lot of these same type of skills. Like, he can face you up and, like, mix you up off the dribble and hit a little step back J. Like, when he does shit exactly. like that, I'm like, God, damn. Bro, exactly. That's what I was saying. Embiid is probably, I mean, Embiid and Jokic are like two really skilled big players. Like, I don't think the, the remember how there was a little while where people are like, oh, the center position in the NBA is dying and there's no real centers and stuff. Nah, Embiid and Jokic really like revived. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like they're, the argument was they're like a whether pe- or not. 
you can win a chip with like the big as your centerpiece player in today's NBA, which still no one's really done that besides if you count the Giannis. Lakers in 2020. Like I know LeBron was great and stuff, yeah, but Anthony was. Davis was, I would say he was the best player during that run. But nah, like, I'm giving that to also, LeBron. But it's, a, it's so close that it's debatable. Uh, so. You look at these teams like that are built around bigs, and it's not like the teams are necessarily built like for super high levels of success to win the finals. Like it's not like up until this year, any of these Sixers teams that Joel Embiid has had have been like super duper strong. Like they've had like they had like Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and Al Horford and shit like that. The Jimmy Butler team was pretty nasty, but they obviously lost on a crazy buzzer beater that's like one in a million chance of going in. Yeah, for real. Uh, but like where what I know there's been some teams, but like as far as the normally if you're a really dominant big player, you always have like a decent guard to great guard. Like Shaq had Kobe. I mean Kenny Smith with Akeem Olajuwon. Kenny Smith was pretty decent. Um, I'm trying to think of the other bigs that kind of, uh, obviously yeah, Kareem yeah, yeah, had yeah. Magic Johnson, so. And, uh, well, they obviously didn't win anything, but Dwight had Jameer Nelson with him on the Magic, who <laughs> was playing at an all-star level when he was with Dwight. Yeah. Which they did make and a they final, were so. the finals. No, yeah. they made the finals. They just didn't win the finals. I know. I said, I'm saying they made the finals. They beat LeBron's yeah. Cavs. Back. Well, I also think it's because, like, having a center as your best team is a best player in winning a championship is also rare. Is because there's not a lot of uh, like dominant centers. There's a lot more like dominant guards. Normally, centers are kind of more of a rarity. I feel like. Do you guys agree with that, or I you mean, think? I think there's been I a mean, few that haven't won, so that's kind of yeah, where the argument came from. Oh, that makes like, sense. Dwight. But I think health is a concern, too, because Dwight got injured. I mean, uh, like, losing to Kobe I mean, in the Dirk finals won, is Dirk not... Dirk won like a championship as the best player of his team. But he was more of a power Even forward. Though technically he's, he's, a power, he's a power forward, but he's still a big. Yeah, I agree. Nick, that's a good point. But I think Tim Duncan, like, since the, like since the Duncan. Tim Duncan here. Tim Duncan's era, whole teams were loaded, though. But, like, if you think about who's won the championship since the Tim Duncan, you know, era, which, what are we calling that? I mean, what, like... 2013. Is that what they meant? 2013 is probably when it ended. Well, I mean, what... I mean, there's been, like, what, three teams that have won a championship since then? The Warriors, the Raptors, the Cavs. I mean, Literally, Warriors, the Bucks. Raptors, Cavs, I mean, Bucks, Gian- Giannis is kind of an... Giannis is kind of an evolution of what this... I mean, Giannis, back in the day, probably would have been stuck at the center position... So I feel like Giannis is kind of an evolution of what that is. So we can't. Giannis is kind of a big. I he definitely is, Giannis bro. Giannis more of a is power 17. forward than a center. I do too, but I mean, I know, but that's the evolution of the game. Like Giannis back in like the '90s would have been at the stuck at the center position. That's what I'm saying. It's like evolution, you know. You can realistically play all five positions, so it's hard to, except maybe shooting guard. So it's hard to like give him a position. Yeah, but. Would you really want Giannis at small forward? You probably have to have a big ass team. Giannis at small forward wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. He could do it for sure. Yeah, He'd be playing too much defense on the perimeter. Play. He used to play small forward back when they had like Jabari Parker and shit like that. <laughs> and he was skinny, bro. He was built like KD. 
He was still nasty, though. I know, like, I know. But he, he, like after his first year, he was good. His and first he can year also was the only year where he was like, not that good. I know, but, but you don't want to have him out there the whole game guarding the perimeter, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you yeah, mix in some he zone. Can't shoot anymore. You guys notice that? Like, I remember when Giannis was a rookie, his number one skill was three point shooting. And well, then but, he got super jacked yeah, and lost exactly. his jumper. That's the reason why. And I think he probably got – I think I remember something about he worked with some shooting coach and he got a little fucked up after that. <laughs> I would, bro, bro, I've, if I've that's a lethal people, shooter. <laughs> one of, nah, Giannis never worked with lethal. Bobby Portis did, though, and he's a sniper now. But uh, one, I was, one of my boys told me this. I, I won, I'm wondering what you think about it, bro. Uh, have you seen the pictures of Scoot Henderson recently where the man is absolutely fucking yoked, like looking like a defensive end in the NFL? Yeah, I have. Bro, I think like that when I see that, I'm like, holy shit, this man is going to be a beast. But one of our boys said that like that is discouraging to him because he thinks it's going to make it harder for Scoot to fix his broken jumper. To me, just Scoot is looking more and more like Russell Westbrook every day. And I like him more and more every day, so I think that's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, I don't nah, know. I, personally, I don't like – I'm not all that high on Scoot. Like, I don't – Really? Like, I'm not a – I don't know who I really like at 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 two. Like, Brandon Miller. Would you rather like, take Brandon Miller over Scoot? I don't – like, after the tournament, I don't know. But at the same time, why did – just stop playing like could scoot have done something similar if he was in a similar situation like we don't know we haven't seen it so like i don't know dude i feel I like if scoot i'm was not in college basketball i feel like if scoot was in college basketball he would be fucking people up like he's literally fucking up grown men in the g league i mean i'm like what is he averaging in the g league like 14. I think like 18 and 6. or He's averaging 18 points, I'm pretty sure. I think he was averaging like 6, 7 assists. Good shooting from the field. See, that's very like Russell Westbrook-esque. Yeah, I also think he's <laughs> averaging... He's av- Just to put in perspective, I saw something today or yesterday. He's averaging less than JG did on the Ignite. I mean, I'm not surprised, so. though. JG is a scorer. Scoot is a point guard. Yeah, but only getting how many assists? Like four, you said? Like, no, like six or seven or something like that. Let me look, Let me up, look up his stats. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, bro. Scoot, Scoot's never had the pressure of dealing with a murder case, so, you know. I think I'm going to have to go with Brandon Miller. Ha! <laughs> Dude, that, I just... He averaged 17 points. Uh... Eight, seven assists and five rebounds. 17, seven, and five. Shooting 43% from the field, but only 28%. Bro, those are Russell Westbrook's exact numbers, and you fucking shit on Westbrook every single chance you get, yo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's doing it in the G. It doesn't make any Russell sense, Westbrook bro. He's doing it in the I, NBA. Yeah, but he's 19. Well, yeah, he's a prospect. Yeah, but, but I mean, still, Russell Westbrook has also passed his prime. Russell Westbrook, like, and I'm not as confident in his Nick, shooting. But you're saying, Nick, you're saying, oh, he's doing it in the G League. Is he going to have better numbers in the NBA over the G League? Like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, probably not right away, but like, over eventually, time. I think he will. Yeah. 
I mean, like Jalen Green's only in his second year, and he has better numbers right now than he did in the G League. That's true, but I don't like. I just he's he's a multifaceted scorer, and Scoot, I feel like his jumper is gonna become an issue. And his midi is a bunch of bro, but his midi is knockdown. Like he just can't shoot threes. Yeah, but who in the NBA using the midi game like that? Demar Derozan, D'Lo. Well, D'Lo also is a D'Lo, not as much. Like, DeMar DeRozan is basically it, and Kawhi. I mean, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Bro, Jimmy Butler. D'Lo scores from the mid-range the most. Like, that's where he operates the best. The difference with him is just he's also a sniper from three, so you have to respect that. Like, you could sag off Scoot from three, but if you give him space from mid, he's knocking that shit down. The other difference is... On his jumper. All those players you just named can also hit the three if left open. Not Jimmy. Yeah, I mean that is true. Jimmy can I mean, hit some, three. Yeah, sometimes his com- he comes and goes. You're the right. Rosen kind of can, but not really. I mean, I don't think he's horrible from three, but I think Scoot is horrible from three. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot. Yeah. Like I yeah, think, Scoot, I think Scoot at pretty most, bad three. Scoot shoots like at or his best season of his NBA career, he'll shoot like. Yo, this kind of proves three. to me that Nick I, that Nick doesn't dislike Westbrook because of his play style. He dislikes him because of his personality. Nah, it's both because I've never. Bro, seen but you're Scoot gassing the up the first play style that you're gassing nah, up. I've never. I've never seen Scoot at the end of games try and take over and do head-ass shit and shoot his team out of a game like Russell Westbrook has. I mean, yeah, but I feel like you over-exaggerate the fuck out of that. Like, that was happening bad on the Lakers, but, like, before this, like, on the Thunder. Bro, that was happening on the Thunder. Bro, he was one of the most clutch players in the NBA while he was on the Thunder. Dude, you're just making stuff up. Nah, I literally watched it happen. I would see him in games trying to take over. Dude, this is selective memory, bro. It's so. This is selective memory, dude. I literally saw a clip. It might might be selective memory, but I specifically remember that shit happening while he was in a thunder, a thunder uniform. I saw a clip on Twitter the other day, and I almost sent it in the group chat. But it was an old Skip Bayless clip where he was like. Russell Westbrook is the greatest clutch player in the NBA, and it's really not even close. Because there was there there was a point in like 2016 and 17, he he was the most clutch player in the NBA. If you want to Google the numbers, you can, bro. Like I remember debating Nick about this in the DMs, bro. Like this is this is something that you're trying to erase from history and like paint the two 2020 Russ Lakers as like his entire career. Dude, I like I hated Russ long before he was on the Lakers, and like I, he was doing this shit his whole career. Dude, but it's I'm just, telling like, you, Nick, you're like, you're leading yourself with like emotions, and you're like misremembering what happened because you don't want to remember the positive and just think of the negative. Like that's what's happening right now, bro. Nah, I don't think so, bro. Because, but you're gassing up Scoot now, who has the same play style as Russ. Like the numbers you just described are Russ's. It's, it's not the exact similar. same. Dude, I haven't watched I have a ton of the G League, so I'm not the person to talk about this, but just based off the numbers and based off what Ben is saying, is like it sounds the same. I mean, when I watch him, I see Russell Westbrook, which is why I'm not that high on him. Because like Russell Westbrook was a great player for several years in the NBA, but I just don't like that play style, I guess, like with my, with the Rockets at least. 
coming. He reminds me more of John Wall than Russ, to be honest with you. That I I feel like that's why I'm like not as low on him. I mean, that's spinning hairs, bro. Russ and John Wall both at their peaks are like not that good. That's that's the that's the difference. That like the smart decision making. That's what John Wall and Scoop do. That Russ, dude. So Russ, so when Russ is averaging like twelve assists, he's not making smart decisions. He's just you know making stuff up. I mean, it's easy to average 12 assists when you're drawing double teams and just dumping it off to Steven Adams. Why are right you drawing double teams wild. if you're such a bricklayer? Because you're right next to the hoop. <laughs> what? So, it, okay, so I, I don't know how that's such... I don't know how that you just turn that into a negative. You just turn drawing double teams and smartly dumping the ball off to Steven Adams as a negative. Bro, I mean, see, it's not see a what I'm, you just you just flipped it into a negative, Ben. You you saw how we flipped that into a negative. I'm not yeah, saying and it's also a negative. also I'm to be fair, it's not like, that impressive. He's not a lot of John crazy Wall. Dimes. Nick, but you can do that to every player. Like if you want to do that to Halliburton, yeah, he has some good assists, but some of it is just dumping the ball off like that. You don't think yeah, Chris bro. Paul benefited from a lot of dumping the ball to DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin? Like you can do this for all point guards. So Magic Johnson, I mean, he just dumped yeah. the ball off to Kareem. He's not that good. Like you can do this to every right, NBA Wall, player. John Wall got Martin Gortat a max contract. Dude, Russ got Stephen Adams a max contract. Mark, dude, Gortat and Stephen Adams are not that you know apart from each other as far as like legacies in the NBA. Like they're pretty. Yeah, I'm close. saying like that was a lot of John Wall's game was just literally dumping it to Martin Gortat right yeah, under the but, right under the rim. <laughs> okay, I see All what you're saying. John Wall definitely I, had a good career. Like he's not a bad player. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm saying Russ and John Wall are like their play styles aren't like miles apart from each other. Yeah. Similar, I'm sure. saying that too. I agree with that. They're similar, but they're not the exact same. And I mean John Wall's career was just robbed by injuries. Like he was nasty until he tore his Achilles. Yeah, but was he really winning a chip at any point? I mean not with that team, like that, like it's the fucking Washington Wizards. Oh, but like, Russ whoa. gets slandered for not for not doing anything in the playoffs with the fucking Thunder, who you hyped up is like, oh, it's a bonus and all this stuff, bro. Like, this is such like bro, selective, like fucking biasness. Are a good organization. Not really. I mean, they they they're de- they're pretty mean? decent. They're decent, bro. But they but during 2016, they let Kevin Durant go. They let James Harden go. Like, you really think that's like, oh, what a great organization? Like, oh my god. Well, I mean, the only reason they let Harden go was because of the money, and they couldn't afford to pay him. No, and they I could. Mean- they didn't want to pay luxury tax. That was one of the worst decisions in NBA history. Like, the Thunder have done some pretty good stuff, like post Paul George and Russ, but before it was like you know questionable. Like they did some pretty decent stuff, but they're not like an amazing organization overall. They're they're decent. I don't know. I'd say now now they're, they're pretty amazing. Like post okay post Paul George, yeah, they're doing really good rebuilding. But I'm saying like during Russ and Kevin Durant, like they probably could have done some stuff different. They're not. Yeah, terrible. they could have, but they were. They weren't as bad as the Wizards. Nick, were, but when you have to, I know the Wizards are pretty terrible. But like you said, John Wall was injured, so that was kind of what happened there. But yeah, the yeah. Wizards are like bottom of the pile as far as organizations. Organization is trash. Yeah, dude. but you can't really blame the like. Okay, so you can blame an organization for a player's lack of success during the rookie deal, but once the rookie deal is over, like then it's you can't really blame the team. Like you can blame the team a little bit as far as like playoff success, like who they had in general, but it's like, you can always pack your shit and leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, so, like, if Lucas chooses to stay in Dallas, like, I'm not going to blame the Mavericks. Like, if you're aware of the situation, that's why, like, I don't really fault players for leaving teams. I think it's kind of more acceptable, unless you're just jumping bandwagons like Kevin Durant. But if you want to pack your shit up and go somewhere else, like, I don't see that as a negative. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Like, you got to do what you think is yeah. best for you in your career. But some but some guys but will try the- and uh, paint, like, Damian Lillard, like, uh, you know, if he if Dame if Dame left, actually that's a bad example because I feel like he would you know people would respect that decision. But as far as like people try to nah, paint if, LeBron for leaving, it's like come on, that doesn't make any sense. Like the organization bro, the only is bad. Like no one would hate on LeBron for leaving if he didn't do the decision. No, I think it was uh it was unseen, bro. Like the, no one has ever like joined up with like two players in their same draft class, and they're both in the East, and they're both. They're t- they're both on two pretty competitive teams, although the Heat missed the playoffs before. But I mean, yeah, people would hate on that no matter what. I feel like uh, I feel like Cleveland the decision fan, definitely made nah, it worse. I think though. the decision like, made it worse for sure. Like I, I remember so many people were so pissed about the decision. They were like, "This guy thinks he's such hot shit, making a whole TV special just to say where he's going." I get what you're saying, bro. I get like what a cocky asshole. That's what everyone was saying. I get what you're saying, but I think he would have gotten slandered anyway. Like no one, Kevin Durant didn't have a decision, but like I just called him a bandwagon jumping or we've all said our fair share of stuff about him in Golden State, but he didn't have a decision on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different situation. No, but but people hate, I feel like. Uh, actually, yeah, you you guys might be right about that because I don't remember that many people like burning Katie's jersey and stuff like that. Yeah, could be it's wrong, because though. like the fact that he did, like I think the decision. I know the decision. Like all of the proceeds went to charity, and I want to say that charity was in Cleveland. So the fact that he set all that up, I think Cavs fans were expecting like a big like I'm coming back oh, type of okay. announcement, and then he goes to South Beach. And then they go burn his jerseys in the street. <laughs> so I think that kind of that was the fuel on the fire that made everyone just like find every way they possibly could to shit on that move. So, I definitely yeah. see what you're saying. It de- it definitely didn't help as far as like positive PR and stuff. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And not. I think LeBron would even tell you that. Like he, I think he said he regretted right? the way he did it. Yeah, I, I think I remember him saying that too. Dude, but LeBron was touching like unseen territory though. So when he was still kind of a young kid, I mean, he comes in the NBA at 18 straight out of high school as probably the most pressure out of any draft prospect ever. And like Literally, they were the, calling him the chosen one in high school. Yeah, the way LeBron handled everything has been like pretty great. I think that was kind of like a learning lesson and no one had ever really done that. Like no superstar had you know, did use their free agency to team up with other guys. Like, it was untouched territory. So, I feel like LeBron was... It's hard to criticize him if he was, like, the first person to ever deal with that type of thing. Obviously, we say he could have fixed it, but, like, he did raise money for charity and all this stuff. And he did go back to Cleveland and win a championship. So, him himself, he did kind of fix it. Like, that's how he made up for it. And that's probably the part of his career I respect the most. Like, that one chip he has with Cleveland, like, that's by far his most impressive and, like, most memorable chip, I think. I agree with you. That chip he got with Cleveland is, like, back before he got the chip with Cleveland, like, people were talking about LeBron being the GOAT potentially, but no one was really taking it seriously. I feel like after he got the chip with Cleveland, that's when the GOAT debate really became, like, an actual debate. 
Yeah, he was talked about like KD's talked about right now. No, <laughs> yeah, hi- higher than that. It, he, like he, really he, though? Like yeah. I mean, the injuries, I guess. Hot, like that could be a reason, but I mean, he had more MVPs. He was, he was considered he, on the same. He's always known as a better defender. Like I think all the time he was already like ahead of where KD is right now because KD. K, you're talking about like I don't KD. Know, a lot of- KD like top 20 all time. I mean top 20, but I think when LeBron left Miami, he was already like top 10 all time. Yeah, you're you're probably right about that. I would say so, but he was probably top five already. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't I don't know if LeBron's top ten all time when he leaves Miami before he goes back and wins in Cleveland. Mm, I disagree. I think he top twenty, I'd put him top twenty. I don't know if he was top ten all time. So so what so what has KD done differently than like post Miami LeBron that puts him because LeBron had more MVPs, better defender, same amount of championships. Won anything since leaving Golden State, and he hasn't even been as close as LeBron because like LeBron hadn't won, but he was running the East for like. So what's your? I'm confused, bro. You're kind of like contradicting yourself right now. I'm saying I'm saying like, if LeBron hadn't gone and won in Cleveland. After the heat, he would be talked about the same that KD is talked about right now. Is what I'm saying. So I'm saying, what is what is K? So KD's top twenty right now, like fifteen to twenty, is a reasonable range. But you're saying LeBron is in the same range as KD. I'm saying like, what is the things that LeBron has done ahead of KD post leaving no. Miami are like stacked. I mean, one, he beat KD in the finals. Granted, KD was young, but like he's hit more well, yeah, MVPs. Nah, that's not. Yeah, I think. I think he's saying he would be, uh, LeBron would be where KD's at right now if he didn't do shit after Miami. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying that the Cleveland championships and the Cleveland run. Oh, okay, okay. Up. Not that they're at the same level right now. That's that is not what I'm saying for sure. <laughs> but are you saying like, okay, so when LeBron, when LeBron left Miami in 2014? I still think he would have been top 10. Like if we, you know, obviously we can't say I do too. we obviously, sure. if it was 10, if it was 10, so from 2014 to 2023, like if he did no, no championship stuff like that, I'm saying literally in 2014, he would have been top 10. I think if he didn't win for 10 years, he would have been backed out of there, but I'm saying literally yeah. in 2014, when he left Miami, he was top 10 all the time. Right, would be for sure. He, he hasn't won another MVP since he left Miami. So it's not like other than the one, the two championships, it's not really like his accolades have changed all that much. He definitely would. He probably was already top five by the time he left Miami. Yeah, I'm going I'm to agree with you on no, that one. Nick. It's hard to, you know, remember he, this exactly, but I'm pretty sure he was considered top five by a lot of people. I, I don't think he was from what I remember. And I, I think I agree with that because there were a lot of players that people still had questions about whether he could get past like consistently without a super team. And then he went to Cleveland. But like, and the who, Cleveland, though, like what he the did the second Celtics. time in Cleveland, like, I mean, the Celtics beat him. I'm pretty sure at some point. Yeah. Like, that mean, was Pierce, a legitimate KG Rondo ones beat him when he was on the Cavs the first time, but like that team only won one ring. Yeah, so I'm saying he went to go join a super team, which people didn't respect at the time. He won chips with the super team because, like, they were a super team. And then he he would have left. And after that, he would have been top 10 all time over people. Like, like think about the top 10 all time. And he would have had, 
like not as many rings as most of them like most of them didn't have teams as good as his like at the point when he left the heat but when he went to the Cavs and just absolutely put that team on his back every year and won them a title over arguably arguably the greatest team of all time or one of the greatest teams of all time like that's what made him in that like upper echelon of NBA players all the I time, think he I think. I think he was already there by the time he was on the Heat because like yeah. even though he joined a super team like it's not like there weren't super teams before him like the Heat I mean not the Heat the Lakers and the Celtics were basically super teams at the time too Facts. like the they were Lakers just built had, like, by the office the front office that's the only difference like were all stars back then they had Kobe they had Pow they had Metal World Peace and they had Bynum. So that's four all-stars for them. And the Celtics, Celtics had Pierce, even, Pierce, KG, Rondo, Ray Allen. Like, all those teams were stacked. So, I mean, LeBron kind of just did what he had to do. Like, all these teams that were winning were super teams. So, he's like, fuck. Like, if I'm on the Cavs here with fucking Drew Gooden and Booby Gibson, I'm not winning <laughs> jack shit. I agree with you, Nick. You're spitting right now. So, he kind of had to wa- be a super team. He was on the Cavs with those teams and he did win so i'm saying that's what put him over i don't think he would have been top 10 before that i just disagree i don't know i don't know who i would put him above like even back then like other than like a kareem magic like i don't know who else i could put over him even at that time other than maybe those three guys russell wilt Bro, I'm not taking Bill Russell and his 11 rings fueled by super teams over LeBron. <laughs> well, that's, that's when you go back into what do you value when creating these lists? We kind of talked about last week, but... Yeah. That makes sense. Anyways, we can wrap up this conversation. 2016 was definitely one of the most exciting championship runs ever in NBA history. No doubt about that. Yeah. Is there anything... That was the most insane basketball by a single player I've watched in my lifetime. So I'm going to have to agree with that. Bro, and it's so dope that, like, that season that, like, will go down in history as one of the best NBA seasons ever. Like, such a fucking crazy year. I remember literally the 4th of July before that season, we were chilling and we found out KD signed with the Warriors. Like, that's so wild. Yeah. Do you remember that, bro? Yeah, bro, I do. And I was kind of, like, mind-blown by that shit. I was. Too, that was so I unexpected, was, I, I like, like, the Warriors were on We were literally list. getting, like, fucking burgers from the, from the clubhouse, and I just see on my phone Kevin Durant signs with the Warriors. Oh, yeah, facts. I do remember that, bro. That's crazy. I remember the lead-up. That was such a cheat. Sign. There was, like his list of teams and like the Warriors were always on it, but everyone was always like, yeah, but he's not going to the Warriors. There's no way he does that. And then like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, like, bruh, <laughs> how is anyone supposed to win now? I'm going to be no, honest. We were all, we were like, you gotta be shitting me. Cause we knew he just lost to that same Warriors team. Th- like after blowing a three, one lead at the Western conference finals, it's like, you gotta be shitting me right now, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, bro, like like we said, OKC was always, like, a decent organization. It's not like they were, like, Cleveland and they were fucking terrible. If that, the thing if that OKC, together, the there, thing OKC has going for them, like, you have to say OKC's scouting department. Like, I'm pretty sure they've had the same scouting department since they drafted K- 
Pavey, Harden, and Russ. Like they're yeah, they've had Harden there the probably whole time. best in the league. Like, they're, I don't think you can debate Presti that much. Like, they the whole on time. basically all of their picks. Yeah, their scouting department is elite. It's just their, whoever's making the financial decisions kind of fucked up a little bit. Bro, it's because they, it's, yeah. it's they've had Sam Presti this whole time. That man is an elite GM. Bro, like, when you let go of one of the best trios of all time, especially one of the best trios that's drafted by an organization, when you fuck that up for some shitty luxury tax, like, that James Harden trade is realistically one of the worst trades in NBA history. It's so wild to think that that Thunder team drafted all three of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Like nothing came of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they literally, literally. James Harden. They literally traded him for fucking Kevin Martin and Jeremy Lamb. Bro, did, I think yeah. they say they Jared did it to like save Lamb, under five million of luxury. It was some small amount of luxury tax. Well, like, they it was a situation where it was between re-signing Harden or re-signing Andre Roberson <laughs> and still staying under the tax, and they chose Andre Roberson. Oh, oh my, my god. god, dude! <laughs> and then they were like, the the whole narrative coming from them at the time was like, oh, Jeremy Lamb is just. A slightly worse James Harden on a cheaper dude. Deal. Yeah, I remember the Jeremy wow. Land hype, bro. He was he was so hyped coming out of college. Yeah, yeah, you fleeced him, dude. That's like but when you when you time, do Harden something. Also wanted his own team, so. Yeah, but I think he would have been okay if they started to win for real. I mean, after you go to the finals, like, are you really gonna say, "Oh, I want out of here"? I, I think it was less Harden <laughs> I mean, and more. I mean, of, if you- uh, organization if i'm Harden, if i'm Harden, and we go to the finals and they're starting andre roberson over oh, yeah, me, that's, I'm true. that's true that's a good point that's a good point when when you're at practice and you're like you know james we really like you but we like roberson a lot more like what the fuck james, we know you're a great player but we really like how roberson's defense fits into our lineup so uh you're gonna be riding the pine <laughs> bro plus i mean uh it's not even that they just traded him. It's that, like you said, they traded him for like a bag of peanuts, bro. They traded him for nothing. Yeah, they traded yeah. him for past his prime, Kevin Martin, who lasted like three more years in the league, and Lamb, who was a mid-player. That's just sad. So when you do that as an organization, you got to do a lot of stuff to make up for it. Literally. Yeah, That's but such I a mean, bad decision. drafting J-Dub, Chet, and Giddy is... Doing a lot of stuff to make up. No, but for it, yeah, so. when I was that talking is, about the bro, I'm trading for Shea, bro. When I was talking about the bro, Thunder, the when I was talking about the Thunder, I was saying like before Paul George era about their you know competency. Forget the other Jalen Williams, bro. The other Jalen Williams is nasty too. Yeah, yeah. he has been. They're killing Dude, this rebuild so, so many far. Charges. They're so many charges. They're rebuilding so well. I mean, they've made a lot of right decisions so far. Hopefully, they don't draft a legendary trio and trade them away. I mean, it's 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 kind of adding up that way. Like, got Chet, J Dub, J Will, Giddy, Shay. Nah, no, no, nobody will ever draft a Harden, a Russ, and a KD in like almost like back to back drafts like that again. That's like a so rare. Like that would never happen again. Those are three MVPs. Like, no way Chet. I mean, we haven't seen Chet, but, like, SGA, eh, he might win an MVP, maybe. One day, also, maybe. Bro, think about, how, think about how hard it is to draft three MVPs in, like, a five-year span. Like, that's so impossibly hard. That's wild. Yeah, facts. Yeah. 
a lot of drafts, I mean, I bro. Say- bro, a lot of drafts in like in like five year spans, they don't even have like two MVPs like total, let alone like one team drafting them all. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't say it would never happen again. No, it's never going to happen again. When they get bad, when they get bad, they have consistent high picks. But they never hit, bro. That's the thing. Like, look at the the Sixers. Like, they fumbled a bag on so many picks. I mean, yeah, but the Sixers still hit on several. No, but hitting is but hitting is not drafting an MVP. Like, hitting is drafting like a decent, like a pretty. If you draft. Bro, if you draft a great starter that lasts like 10 to 15 years in the NBA, you hit on that draft pick. Like drafting an MVP is like is like so, how many, you know, MVPs have there even been in history? There's only been 75 seasons. So like what is what percentage of likelihood is that you draft that guy? Like what? 0.01.001%. And one team Whoa, did that three times. Exactly. One team did that three times in 5 years. Like come on. That's never going to happen again. In less than five years. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure what. KD KD was drafted in 08. He was drafted in 09. And I'm pretty sure Harden was drafted in either 10 or 11. So it was in either a three or four year span. Jesus Christ, bro. Like, you can't. That's never happening again. Like, I feel so confident saying that. That's never happening. Even if, even if, even if you say the Thunder are going to do it now, they didn't draft SGA, so. Well, yeah, but they drafted J-Dub, Gideon, Chet. So all those guys are going to win MVPs. I mean, they all have potential. No I'm not fucking. saying they all will for you, sure. You can but... say that with any young team in the league. Like, the Rockets have fucking Shangoon, Jalen, and either yeah, Rory that's what I'm or saying. Like, Smith Jr. And the, and the could... fucking Pistons have Cade, Ivy, and Durin. Like, you can say that about any team. Exactly, which is why I think it could happen again. No, but that's like that's bro, that's like fantasy. Bro, that's like fantasy land in my opinion. Like that's not fact. Like you can't you can't expect those guys to be MVP level players. Especially if they all stay on the same team. I mean you're gonna have to trade away the guys. Like Russ had to win his MVP solo. KD had to win it with Russ, but Harden won it solo without those guys. Yeah, I'm not saying you'd expect it. I'm saying it wouldn't be surprising if it happened again. Though, Bro, just okay. In a in a four year span, in a four year span, drafting just three Hall of Famers, like <laughs> drop the MVP and just say Hall of Famers, like that is unlikely. Even just drafting three All Stars, three guys that make like five plus All Star teams in a four year stretch, like that in itself is rare. Like. There's le- like I mean, MVPs, you have top bro. Three picks in a four-year stretch, and your scouting department is no, good. bro. If let me let me tell you this, possible. bro. If you have top picks in four drafts, your scouting department is not good. Like unless you just hired a randomly a new scouting department, That's not but true. yes, it nah, is. Yeah, I I disagree with that. Nah, nah, like, you can't expect like nineteen-year-olds to be good. Scouting department's fault that the team is ass. Sometimes like, it is. A lot- all these teams that are ass right now in the NBA, they have a lot of good young talent. So I wouldn't say they're scouting. Dude, but it's easy that. to say good like, young talent, but you have to watch it come to fruition before you know anything. Like every bro, a lot of young players, they look good and then they get in different situations. Things start to change and they're not the same guys. Like how many times have we seen this? Not every good yeah, young player is going to amount to something. That young player end up turning into Jason Tatum or. Devin Not that many times, like that. bro. Like very rare. Like those guys are. Times, 
Okay, so there's a there's a ton. Hold on, there's a ton of Jason Tatum's and Devin Booker's in the league right now. There's a ton of talent in the league right now, and we're talking about this. Yeah, but bro, when you start when you start getting to the higher tiers, is you start funneling out guys like I don't. That's just because you have to, not because they're not nasty at hoops. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So it's not going to come to fruition, bro. So it's not going to come to fruition. It's like there's only. It's not likely, but it's definitely possible considering how many high picks bad teams. Okay, but we're also starting to change the conversation. Do I think it's possible that some guys could become Jason Tatum? Yeah, it's possible. Do I think that a team could draft three MVPs in four years? No, I think it's impossible. It's very rare. It'll probably never happen again. Yeah, I mean, nah, I, I agree I with, that, with that, but like when you, I think that's probably very unlikely. But when you said drafting like three all stars in four years, no, I, I, I didn't say that possible. was impossible, bro. I said that's even unlikely in itself. Like when you start to do all yeah, this, that, yeah, you're you're right about that, Nick. I, I, Nick, I if you were a G, Nick, if you were a GM and you drafted three all stars in four years, bro, you would be getting. You would be fucking excited about that. Like that would be such an accomplishment. And like that's not even MVPs. Like All Star Games is is easier to make than an MVP. So like drafting three All Stars in four years is like a hell of an accomplishment. Like that's that alone. That accomplishment is like reserved for like one percent of GMs. Like guys don't just stumble upon that shit. It definitely is like a great accomplishment, but I think that like super duper uncommon like obviously the three mvps could like very well could not well we saw memphis like they're they're close to having three all-stars i mean the thunder we'll see what their young talent amounts to sga was just an all-star yeah i think the thunder have at least three future all-stars on their team the rockets and pistons both have at least two so like i mean like just because that i wouldn't say that reflects on your scouting department because like what Ben said before, if you have a team full of young ass motherfuckers, you can't expect them to like actually be competitive. But that doesn't mean they're like not good players, you know? Like even someone like like if you're showing by your second year in the NBA that you're like a legitimate threat to drop twenty points a night, maybe you won't be like a perennial all star, but you'll be like a respected good player your whole career. No, like, I never John- disagreed with that, bro. Like I've never not said that. Like it, the goalpost got a little bit moved. And I, I'd, I'd still say, though, that that's, like, well, obviously you can't say that's an all-star, but that's, like, hitting on your draft pick. Yeah, you know? it is, it like, is. Bro, that's one pick, like, though. That's one pick out of four. Like, on the, like, on the, uh, here's the example I think of, like, John Collins. And plus, bro, like K, KD, K, bro, KD was the second pick. Russ was, what, the fourth pick? And then I don't even the know what pick yeah. Harden, Harden was. Harden but was three. Harden okay. was pick three. Like, bro, okay, so a bunch of, like, Cleveland when LeBron was gone, I mean, they only drafted Kyrie. Like, so many teams, I mean, the Sixers, they really only got Embiid out of that. They missed on Jason Tatum. They missed on other guys. So, like... They missed on Fultz, missed on Okafor, missed on Nerlens Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like, that, that... Bro, and they still drafted Embiid, who is probably going to win MVP this year. Like, that is good. But, like, all this stuff where it's like, oh, we're going to draft three MVPs in four years. Bro, that's fucking fantasy. That does not happen. Facts. Yeah, but when you have those top picks every year, it could happen is what I'm saying. Like, you've got the <laughs> bro, top what? Pick. Okay, give us a percentage, bro. I mean, it's bro, like ever, like, not in the rest of basketball, I would, I would give it a good, like, 40% that it happens again. Bro. Nick, this is ridiculous, bro. 
bro, you realize how many more years of basketball there is going to be before, like, basketball is over? The NBA collapses yeah, for like, some reason. Like, the rest of the history of the world, I mean, there's probably a <laughs> Yeah, th- this is just like, bro, this is just like, this is, this is like, bro, again, The original fantasy, conversation bro. was whether it would ever happen again. Bro, but because, we okay, so you, you think... Because the NBA is like, who knows if it's going to last past 100 years. Like, even just making it 75 years is a long time. But, I mean, we're starting to see injuries pile up and there's other concerns for the NBA going forward. But let's just say, like, the NBA lasts another 100. Give us give us the chance out of those 100 years. We've already had 75 and it's only happened one time. We're going to make it to I'd 100. Say, I'd say, like, a 30 to 35% chance it happens again. The a team, Not one wrong. team. I'm giving it. I'm giving it. I'm giving it five percent max. I'm giving it no chance, bro. Now th- there's a very, very small, like especially with how talented people are now coming into the Nick, league. But that doesn't like, make that track. doesn't that doesn't prove anything because everyone's talented. So all the other guys are going to be c- competing against all the other talented players. So it's going to be, it's going to even I mean, that's out. True, like. But like and that's where think the scouting like, department think like even five years, like Think like even five part. years ago, though. Like five years ago, there were guys getting drafted. Like, let's think, like Dragon Bender was going fourth overall. Like, shit like that doesn't happen anymore. Like, at pretty much every guy drafted, like, in the top ten, like, within the past three or so years, like, has been at least good you know like there's not really many misses in the draft anymore like johnny davis is the only miss i can think of from this year's draft so when you have like so many good marvin bagley wasn't a miss of a draft pick james wiseman wasn't a miss of a draft pick well for the yeah exactly okay okay yeah you're right you're right they fucked up for sure but i'm trying to think off the top because i don't know i'd have to look at picks but Bagley, like I'm not even gonna call Marvin Bagley a miss. Like it's a miss because they picked him over Luca. Yeah, okay, Young. but you're not saying he's he's not an awful player. I get what you're saying. Deal with a lot of injuries too. Like Marvin Bagley, like if he didn't have the injury bro, but, issues, bro, like, that, he's a good player. Bro, that makes it even more hard to weed through the guys and figure out who's gonna be an, a fucking MVP. Yeah, but that's also. Every like all that the scouting departments do every day of the year. Yeah, and like, all the scouting job. departments on every single team in the NBA do that. Like it's yeah. <laughs> so and some you're are compi- better than others, and the ones that are better than others have a shot at getting the three straight MVPs. No, I mean bro, they, like, they 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 would wish for one, bro. They would wish for one MVP, especially because bro, it's not just like in your franchise history. Like I bet I guarantee I haven't checked this, but I guarantee there's like. I don't 80% of the franchises don't even have three MVPs in their fucking history. Probably not. Yeah. And like, this is just like, oh, you know, we're going to magically draft these guys in four fucking years. Like, dude, come on. It's impossible. I think it's very, very improbable. I think it's possible, but extremely unlikely. I think it's unlikely, but more likely than what y'all. Bro, think. you said thirty percent in a, in a hundred years. Yeah, which is unlikely. I'm like in the middle of you guys. Bro, considering how considering how rare it is, like giving it a thirty percent chance is like you're saying it's pretty likely. I mean, 
30% chance isn't that high of a chance. No, but for what we're taught, for what we're taught, bro. Like okay. So if someone said, if so, if I told you your house has a 30% chance of falling down today, would you say, oh, that's pretty likely <laughs> <laughs> you would say, oh no, shit, I got to get out of here. Was, I yeah, didn't I say didn't it was care. pretty likely ever. I no, said it wasn't impossible. No, no. But I'm telling you for the feat we're talking about, giving it a 30% chance is making it likely. I know if you take 30%, obviously that's not likely. But in context of this conversation, a 30% chance is like pretty likely. Like I just said, Nick, a 30% chance that your house is falling. So. Are you are you sleeping there tonight? No, Fucking dude. Out of there. Yeah. So in the con- obviously you'd be like, oh, but Nick, it's not likely. It's only a 30% chance. But like in the context of the combo, like a thirty percent is pretty high. Yeah, but yeah so you're saying that I'm saying yeah, it's gonna happen for sure in the next hundred years. But thirty percent right? is like you're giving it up. I'm not saying you're saying it's I gonna happen say, for sure. I'm saying thirty percent is pretty likely if in this context. Because I don't want any chance of it falling at all if I'm gonna be staying there. But like in this conversation it's not like like you could miss and still get an all-star player like i'm taking that still and i'm saying that there's still a chance that like someone is gonna draft three straight mvps i'm not saying it's probably gonna happen that's why it's only 30 percent, but it's not impossible i don't think especially with the trend that because there's so many good players now like the bad teams that have first overall picks and like high lottery picks are going to have those for consecutive years you guys keep bringing up the trend of of talent that doesn't help this it hurts it like i don't know why that's like such a a sticking point for what you guys are bringing up like that doesn't help the argument because i think a lot of players it depends on their situation nick how how does it help the nick how it just makes it more saturated how does it help it gives you a less likelihood of spotting the guy it's like finding a needle in a haystack bro like if there's a bunch of talent that means you're gonna have to pick the one guy who's above everyone like it's harder to point out especially now bro stop stop hold up Especially now because you're look you have to look at what's happening in Europe, you have to look at what's happening in the G League, you have to look at what's happening in the in the high school, you have to look at what's happening in college. Obviously they looked at Europe before, but not like they are now. Like you have to be full time paying attention to what's going on overseas. You have to be paying attention full time to what's going on in the G League. Like you have to put your eyes so many places. Like, and that's only gonna expand, bro. Like, who knows in a in a different continent, like maybe South South America becomes more prominent in the NBA, maybe Africa, maybe China. Like you, you're gonna have to keep spreading your eyes everywhere. Like the talent pool is so big that picking out that guy who's gonna win an MVP is so hard. It's so hard that the two-time MVP was picked in the second round like it's not easy to find an mvp and you guys are making it so simple to the point where you're gonna say that one team is able to pick three guys in four years again like this is the best gm accomplish the best drafting accomplishment ever and it's going to stay like that it's like oh why can't how likely is it that another team is going to draft a lebron or a jordan like that's rare in itself like kevin durant top 15 player of all time or top 20 russ top top 75 harden top 75 like that's so rare and like i don't think it's ever going to happen again like james harden is one of the best scorers kevin durant's one of the best scorers russell westbrook was the first player to average a triple double since oscar robertson like if these guys are so common, then like teams wouldn't be so fucking ass. Like Cleveland would have drafted better talent for LeBron. Like Philadelphia would have succeeded in the process. Like it's not so, it's not like simple. Like it's so hard to find these guys. And like just saying, oh, do good scouting is like such an easy 
cop-out, bro. It's like if a scouting department drafts one MVP in 10 years, they did their job. I think yeah. I think what you're forgetting is that a lot of it is situationally based. And so what I'm saying with so many more players now having better talent being more of an advantage for now and a trend in the right direction for this happening again is because like before, I think there were more these like these select few players have potential to be that MVP if they go to the right situation and thrive in it. And then this large amount of players after them don't have that potential at all whereas now it's like there's a lot more players who have that potential if they go right to that like to that right situation than there are players who don't really have that potential at all and so i think in the right situation if you have the potential to be the mvp you could and it's just it's a lot of situation and less natural talent going into the league uh, it's definitely situational, but those situations are hard to come by, bro. Like they're like Harden had yeah, a whole like team surrounded around him. He had the highest usage rate ever. Like same for Russ. I mean, Har- Kevin Durant was like a natural MVP. Like Kevin Durant could win MVP of the NBA like on any given season. But like Russ, very situational. James Harden was very situation situational. But like the guys who could win MVP any year, like LeBron, uh, Kobe, Jordan. Obviously, those got type of guys going to MVP no matter what the situation is. But the situations yeah. like set up to win MVP, you just like you guys are, are almost like arguing. Nick, I know you kind of backed off a little bit, but like Ben, you're kind of like arguing against yourself a lot of the time. Like the points you bring up are like counter, are like against your point. Like the situation just adds another element that's like even harder to accomplish. Yeah, I think the situation element makes it even harder. And, bro, I, like, I I agree with you that this is super unlikely. Like, I'm not going to say it's never yeah, going to happen. I think you said, like, what, 3% or something said, like said that? Five, yeah, I said 5% chance it happens in the next 100 years. But as far as, like, the talent goes, you said, like, that there's so much more talent. It makes it harder to pick out the guys. And that's true. But, like, it makes it a lot easier to, like, no, you're drafting good players. No, but it makes it a lot every- harder to also win MVP, bro. Like, think about how hard winning the MVP this year is, bro. Like, you got a center, you got a center averaging a triple double. You got a center averaging 34 points a game. You got Joe, uh, James, um, not fucking James Harden. Giannis is averaging like 33 points, and he's barely even getting mentioned in this conversation. Yeah, and like most like, of these MVPs, like wh- what pick? Joel Embiid was a a, a very, I think he was a first pick, but. Jason Tatum was an early pick. Giannis wasn't. Jokic obviously wasn't. Luka was a, the fourth pick. But, like, three. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, two teams passing him. So, you, it's, like, not as easy to to find these guys as, like, your guys are making it sound. Like, it's it's really hard. It, and it like, definitely bro, isn't, and I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, like, when you have a draft and you know every player you pick is, like, at least, like, gonna be a good player like you don't have to worry about drafting some miss like dragon bender or jan vesely like it just makes that likely but oh no that high. that makes it that makes it likely to draft like a good starting lineup but not like more likely to draft an mvp it just clouds it it just clouds your judgment a little like if there's one guy like oh yeah that's i agree that's yeah fair. like some guys stick out like sore thumbs but like finding russ was even kind of like russ wasn't like highly like respected coming out of college like he was kind of a little bit of like an afterthought Bro, not completely com- but coming out fourth overall pick but when russ was coming out of college like people were like oh he had high defensive upside high motor, yeah like, like see how off they were bro and those are like professionals and like okc valued russ a lot because that was like their diamond in the rough like kevin durant kind of fell in their lap 
But Russ was like the one where they were like, okay, we're, we want this guy. Like this is our guy. And that's why Sam Presti and all those guys, they loved Russ so much. And that maybe led to Hard Kevin Durant. In their lap too. Yeah. And that maybe led to like oh, Kevin Durant leaving that issue with that relationship. But like Russ was their like diamond in the rough kind of. Like, think about how well Memphis has drafted lately, and they're not going to have three. None, those guys are not going to. It's they're not going to have three MVPs. Like, they're not even going to have one. I can bro, have a that, job winning an yeah, MVP. and that's such a success story. Like, think about how, you know, that's one of the best like draft runs in a, in a quite a while. Like, being able to get all those guys, Jaron Jackson Jr., being able to trade for Bain, like being able to get, get bro, getting Bain twenty ninth overall. Yeah, that is a fucking steal facts bro facts and just yeah, like memphis also hasn't had a lot of lottery or like a lot of high lottery picks like i know but having lottery high lottery, lottery picks pick doesn't have. lead to this happening though it's like you still John have to Aaron, it it does, you look at pick. you look at where the thunder are headed like just that's a perfect example like bro, but their best player they didn't they team. didn't even draft him though that's what i'm saying yeah like, but the three players they did draft, we haven't seen Chet yet, but the way he's projected, like they're on path to where they could one day. Bro, they're on path to having a great team. And they're not on path to yeah. winning MVP. I don't think they're I mean, going to be MVP. Bro, SGA himself is so far from winning MVP. Bro, SGA himself is far away from winning MVP, and he's having I mean, a SGA great season. Gonna be top- He's going to be top no, 10. I think he'll be in the conversation. Yeah, but top, Nick, top 10 years. is far, bro. Like, top 10 is not close. Like, you're still – there's so much distance between you. Like, how many guys are have such compelling arguments? Like, SGA is having a great season, 30 points a game, doing what a lot of people didn't expect him to do. valuing for the MVP that season, which changes every mm-hmm. season. No, it's the same. Like, your team needs to be, like, kind of good. Like, that's the real reason SGA doesn't have a shot is because the Thunder are good, but they're, like, a 500 team. If they were, like, third in the West, yeah. Third in the West, Shea would probably be top three in MVP vote. Nah, top five. But because, like, Tatum and Giannis, and I mean, Luca's kind of out of the picture right now, but. Yeah, Luca's not really in it. Like, a lot of different factors have been going on. Like if Booker stayed healthy, if Kevin Durant stayed healthy and he stayed on the Nets, like KD stayed healthy and stayed on the Nets, he probably wouldn't be a top three MVP finalist. Too. Yeah, facts. So yeah, I think it's really, really hard to win an MVP. Like I said, there's 75 in history, but like I don't know when they introduced the MVP. I can't remember off the top of my head, and I also don't know how many guys have won multiple because a ton of guys have won multiple MVPs. Bro, a most guy, a lot of guys have won multiple. So like realistically, like only like one MVP. So only like I think like 50 or I want to say 50 guys have won MVP, and like they draft like more than 50 guys every single year, and yet only 50. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, I want to respect OKC for what they did drafting those guys. I just think that that was one of the biggest mistakes ever. Bro, that was such a great combo, yo. Yeah, that team was wild. Like, it's crazy to look back on that and think, like, that was a team at one point, and all those guys started their career. (laughs) For real, bro. For real. That has to be one of the biggest blunders ever. Yeah, big, for sure. Bro, it has to be one of the best drafting accomplishments ever and then one of the fucking biggest mistakes ever. Like, that's crazy. Ah, that's funny, bro. Get you a man who can do do both, bro. Get you uh, <laughs> an iconic trio and fuck up your iconic trio all within like a two-year stretch. Yeah, and then rebuild your team to have crazy upside again like five <laughs> years later. Facts. 
Hey, history repeats itself. All I'm saying. <laughs> no, history doesn't repeat itself, bro. Not this history. Some history just doesn't happen anymore. Well, we shall see. If it does happen <laughs> bro, again, I'll get back on this podcast and talking my shit for sure. Bro, it's not happening. <laughs> Williams ever wins MVP, I, I'm ready for the bed round about it. Bro, how many teams I've have called... done that in like a 10? How many, like I said, no teams have done that in that their whole history is like drafted three MVPs. J-Dub looks like a better young Harden to me. Like, have teams like even exactly drafted like young Harden? Have teams bigger. even drafted two MVPs? I mean, that won them on their team. So the Thunder. I mean, who else are we talking about here? Well, I don't uh, think it would happen with like with them well, like, on the on same, the same team. team. Okay, yeah, let's. I, really can't think of, I can't think of any. All right, let's think about teams that have drafted two MVPs uh, that that ever won it. So. Uh, I can't even think of any more than one. Bucks have. Oh yeah, the Bucks. The good, magic. good point. Good point. The Shaq yeah, and Shaq and um. Dwight win MVP. No, Dwight never won MVP. The Magic the, don't. The 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 Lakers drafted Kobe. Magic Johnson. So the Lakers. Kobe Magic. And oh yeah, the Spurs. Other people were forgetting. The Warriors. No, the who did the Warriors draft Will, bro? I don't even know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty positive they did. The Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics. So uh, what? Knicks. The Knicks might have way back in the day. Like, was Earl the Pearl Monroe ever an MVP? Uh, I can't even tell you. So what we're saying is basically like, what do we name like seven teams? The Kings. That's another one. But that was back when they were the Royals. Yeah. The Rockets, I think. Hakeem. Um, fucking what's his name? Moses. Malone. Moses. I Moses. think. I think Yao won MVP one year. Moses Malone won MVP. We didn't won MVP. Moses. Oh shit! For real. Won MVP. Wait. No, Yao sure. did the. If he did not, no, but I the Rockets didn't draft Moses. I thought they did, and then he went to the Sixers, or did the Sixers draft him, and then he went to the Rockets? I think Moses might have gone undrafted. Really? No way. I would be surprised. He was picked three in 1974, and he was picked by the Sixers. Oh, so he went from the Sixers to the Rockets. I thought it was the other way around. Hmm. But yeah, he only spent two hours there. Where on the Sixers? No, bro. He was draft. What is this? He was drafted in the ABA, and then his first stunt in the NBA was with the Buffalo Buffalo Braves. I think. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah. Braves. I don't know. All this ABA NBA stuff gets a little confusing. Facts. I'm gonna check something. Oh, so the Thunder did James Harden. What? Okay, so it was three straight seasons. So if we boil that down to three years and three straight picks, Ben, are you still gonna say it's possible by thirty percent? Uh, the odds might go down a little bit. Not that much. I mean, it's only one years. year of a difference, bro. It's got to go down like seven percent. 
Yeah, that's about what I'd say go down. <laughs> so a 23% chance that uh, a franchise drafts up three straight MVPs in three straight years. Not No, three MVPs yeah, in three I straight mean, years. 23% chance is not that likely of a chance. No, but again, so, it's the context, bro. I don't think it's like a 1% chance, if that's what you're asking. So let's go through each team and how many MVPs they have drafted. Oh, no, wait. This is a number of – yeah, number of MVP winners drafted. Okay, so the Atlanta Hawks, Bob Pettit, they drafted. He won two MVPs. Boston Celtics, they drafted four players who won 10 MVPs. Bob Cousy, Bill Russell, David Cohens, Larry Bird. The Brooklyn Nets have never drafted an MVP. The Charlotte Hornets have never drafted an Dr. MVP. Dr. J never won an MVP? Again, ABA, NBA, I don't know. Oh, ABA. So yeah, the Chi- we forgot about Derrick Rose for the Bulls. So the Chicago Bulls have drafted two and they have won six MVPs. The Cleveland Cavs drafted one. That's LeBron. He's won four MVPs. Dallas won Dirk. Denver, it says zero, but this is from 2018. So the Detroit Pistons, they've never. Golden State, they've drafted Wilt and Steph. Rockets, Hakeem Olajuwon. Indiana Pacers, never. LA Clippers, Bob McAdoo. LA Lakers, Irvin, Irvin Johnson, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. Memphis Grizzlies, never. Miami Heat, never. Milwaukee Bucks, too. Uh, Kareem and Julius Irving and also Giannis. I didn't know that about Julius Irving and the Bucks. All right, whatever. Minnesota Timberwolves, one. Kevin Garnett. Pelicans, none. Uh, Knicks, one. Willis Reed. OKC, three. Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Orlando Magic, Shaq. Philadelphia 76ers, two. Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson, and Joel Embiid this season. Phoenix Suns, one. Steve Nash. Portland Trailblazers, one. Bill, Bill Walton. Sacramento Kings, one. Oscar Robinson. Again, I don't, I'm so confused about this ABA, NBA stuff. San Antonio Spurs, two. David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Raptors, none. Utah Jazz, one. Carl Malone. Wizards, one. Uh, Wes Unsled. So when we when we break it down to teams that have drafted two MVPs, we got the Celtics, the Bulls, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Bucks, OKC, Phoenix, or no, uh, not Phoenix, 76ers, Spurs. And again, those are in huge time differences. Like the closest one is probably David Robertson and Tim Duncan. Like I'd say that's relatively close. The rest, they're not really close at all. I mean, the the time span between Wilt being drafted and Steph being drafted is like a long ass time. Even Michael Jordan and Derrick Rose. So when you break it down to three, it's only OKC and the Celtics. Which I mean, obviously these numbers are going to cre- keep increasing as as like time goes on, but like none of these teams have really even drafted MVPs like close to each other. Like even drafting these guys within like a ten year span is like it's only OKC. Like I'm trying to think of guys that have been drafted like in a ten year span. I mean Charles Barkley, Allen Iverson, like those guys are pretty close. David Robertson, Tim Duncan, but like other than that, like it's pretty rare. Does this uh, change your opinion at all, Ben, or are you still saying 23%? Nah, I'm still saying 23%. Bro, so what it tells me is that you're just, like, thinking this based off, like, it's a feeling, and it's not, like, you. it's not, like, logical at all to think that. Well, you at least agree I to mean, that. No, because we said in the next 100 years, and it happened once within 75 years. So, I mean, next 100 it gives yeah, it the opportunity to happen again. And especially there were other situations where two MVPs were drafted somewhat close to each other and all it takes is for one more. 
and three and years though bro like i mean having a five-year difference is a lot different than like in back-to-back and back years like also back then players like that didn't switch teams like that and now that happens a lot more regularly which gives it more opportunity to happen again so i don't know about that still- but what but, I mean, I get where you're coming from, though, because, like you said, like, it, we've had 75 years, it's happened once, so in 100 years, I mean, that makes sense that you think there's about a fifth of a chance that Bro, but here, again. okay, stop, agree, stop, stop, stop. I agree with you, though. I think it's unlikely Bro, so, okay, okay, though. so, bro, um, I went out the other day, and, uh, this is a hypothetical story, by the way, I went out the other day, and, uh, I hit the lottery, guys, I won the lottery, I won a billion, I won a billion dollars from the lottery. So I'm going to live another 50 years and in the, no, I'm going to, okay. So I'm going to live another 30 years in this 30 years. I already hit the lottery in the next 30 years. Am I likely to hit the lottery? What's the chance on that? Zero chance. It does not matter what's happened in the past. It only matters going forward. That does not change what's going to occur. Like that's not a good point again. Like just because it happened now in 75 years does not give it a 23% chance of happening again. No, yeah, that's true, and that's why I'm sticking with 5%, but, like, I get where Ben is coming from with that. I do, too, bro. It's, ba- it's based lottery. on, like, it's based on, like, hypothetical, like, fantasies, bro. It's not based in, like, any any information is, like, what he just said. I don't think so, because I think if you ca- calculated the statistical odds of winning the lottery and somehow calculated the statistical odds of this happening again, the, the odds would be drastically different. I don't think. I don't think that comparison, it's the similar comparison to what we were talking about in the group chat about uh, Haslam getting a section versus. Um, oh, dude. Again, you're. Bro, you're, comp- you're com- Haslam deserved that section. Also. Hold on. Let's finish this combo first. But you're com- like, again, you're completely like overstating like how simple it is to draft three MVPs and three. I'm, I'm not saying it's simple. Bro, a 23% chance of happening in, in 100 years is simplifying it. I know it doesn't sound like it because, oh, 23% is such a small oh, number compared to 100. Is, but in the it, bro, in the context of this, it's not. In the I, context I of this, is. it's a high number. A I really, really high number. Like, I honestly think Nick's 5% is high. If you guys were like zero, if you guys were like 0. 0.005, like five, I wouldn't even be arguing about it. But like 23% is super high for this. I don't think it is. I just disagree with that, I guess. So, I mean, so it has like, okay, so three years, it can, it only has an opportunity to happen 33 times. Like you, you can only do it 30, like only, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm trying to think of like, cause you need three years obviously to do it. So like you don't have a hundred chances, you know what I'm saying? You have to yeah. line up. We have to do 100 chance because no, every year you add on. Not every more, year. A lot of teams chance. don't have their draft picks in like one year, but. No, it doesn't because it relies on the last year hitting for the new year to count because like, okay, if you draft an MVP here, one pick, okay, MVP, and then you miss on the next pick or you don't have your pick and then you draft another MVP like that. Doing it twice in three years has never happened before other than OKC. Like doing it twice in five years, it didn't even happen. It's only OKC, bro. But the trend the NBA is going is making it more likely to happen. The trend the NBA is going in is making it way more hard, bro. There's a lot of different players, bro. And I disagree with that. How does having more talent make it easier to win the MVP? Like, I don't understand that at all. Because I think it's situational, like I said before. And how does situate, bro? That 
players are moving around way more often than they did back when, like, the last hundred years. That's how the trend is going. But none of the these guys moved around on their own to an MVP. That has nothing, again, that has nothing to do with this. Like, those guys didn't even move it around does, on their it has, own. Bro. It has everything to do with it because if you have two MVP level players on the same team, the odds of them actually both winning the MVP is a lot less than if one of them left, got their own team. So what's a player right now that if he was on a different team this season, he could have won the MVP? Um, I mean, I think we're starting to see that kind of happen when um, Fox and Hallie were on the same team and then got traded. And but now they again, they're not even close to winning together. the MVP, bro. Like They're Fox, not, but you're telling me you couldn't see them in the conversation within the next five seven years do i do i think there's a okay a a conversation again is not winning the mvp like this is how rare it is like bro being in the conversation is your argument like being in the conversation is conversation gives you a chance and then what you do with that chance is player based okay but then you need a chance for that player you need a chance for the player after the next draft after the next draft like it keeps milking down to the point where like 23 percent is way too high Way, way too high. I just disagree. I could see it happen. But like I said, it's 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 like bro, it's like it's like a it's like this happens again, I'm getting back on the podcast and talking my shit. Well, I mean a hundred years we're probably not gonna see it. You never know what can happen (laughs) with the with the current Thunder team. Bro, like I said, their best player they didn't even draft, and none of the okay. So they drafted Chet. Who they draft the year before? Because it has to be in back to back to back draft. So obviously Giddy. it could be, be in the same draft. Giddy. Bro, Giddy they is gonna. Giddy. Oh my god, Giddy also the fuck J-Dub. out of here with that, I bro. Think, Come on. I think J Dub ends up better than Shay personally. No I'm way, bro. I'm extremely high on J Dub, bro. I think J Dub has a solid argument for Rookie of the Year this year. I mean, he kind of does, but he's not going to be better than Shea. I think he could be. He's got more defensive upside bro, and offensive Shea upside, if I'm being honest. So does J-Dub, Shea. bro. And J-Dub's twice his size, like, thickness-wise. Pause. Same height. Yeah, but, like, J-Dub is way, like, he has more muscle mass on his body than Shea-Dub. Or Shea does. He's kind of a thick. I don't think that matters that much. On defense, that matters a lot. I mean, it matters guarding fuckers down low, but like, <laughs> not like locking up one on one on the perimeter. It kind of does, because when you bump them and you're bigger, it has more of an effect. I mean, I saying. guess so. And then when they try to drive in on you, you just got to get somewhat close and in position, and you can usually bully them if they're a smaller guard. Anyways, we can offensively. I think they've got. I think Shea's more of a scorer, but I think J Dub's more of a facilitator, and he can also drop, like, give you 30 in his prime, I think. So I think there's a shot. That's all I'm saying. Better than a 5% shot. (laughs) (laughs) A shot, like I said, is like 0.005. Like, this is like. In the context, twenty three percent is way too high. It's un it's completely undervaluing what the Thunder were able to do with those picks. Like it's it's so undermining of that that it's like it's borderline disrespectful to the all the scouts and the GMs out there who like are working their ass off to find one MVP, bro. Like it's 
No, I think it's respectful to the scouts, no, honestly, because I think there's some that are so good at their job, like the Thunder scouting department. I think that's who I'm trying to give respect to, because I, I honestly think they're head and shoulders above most scouting departments in the NBA, and I think they have a shot to do it again. And I think they may be in the process of doing that right now. So Giannis and Luca and and those guys are what's going to happen to them? So other guys can win MVPs. I mean, Giannis is getting up there in age somewhat. Luca, Bruh, Giannis is like twenty eight. Situation. Yeah, I mean, he's like get it's he's not young anymore. He's like upper middle age of the NBA. So you said for the Thunder to ha- for it to happen. So Gritty's going to have to win MVP. Williams and uh, Chet Holmgren. That's kind of crazy to me. I think it's possible. They've all shown flashes. So what's the chan- what's the percentage of that happening? Chat, but... What's the percentage of that happening? Well, the percentage of that happening is way lower. But Let, give us a number. Dude, I don't know. Like, it depends on what. I mean, it, it really all depends on situation. Like, they're not all going to stay on the same. But team situation is important to the chances of this happening. So, like, how does situation matter in this argument? But then it's like the situation becomes like irrelevant in your twenty three percent. The situation's very relevant in both. No, because the situation is very hard to come by, bro. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like it's hard to come by the right situation. Like it's becoming easier to come by was my original. How? How? How, bro? Because players are moving around teams way more frequently than they were before. But for this specific Thunder situation. So like a player. So players who have won an MVP on a team they weren't drafted by. So obviously Harden. Uh, LeBron. Kareem. I mean, I'm trying to think in the last, like, 20 years. Sh- Shaq. I don't know, bro. KG, That's a- maybe? No, he didn't win. In- he won his MVP on the on the Wolves. All I could think of was three players in 20 years. And those guys are, like, elite, elite players. Those are top 10 players. I think there's definitely the more that we're not remembering. All right, I'll look at a list of MVPs. And... Shit. Uh, damn, I can't even think of any of anyone other than those guys. I know, it's okay. I'm going to look it up. So uh, we've got Jokic, Jokic, Giannis, Harden. That was the one we said. Russ with OKC, Steph, Kevin Durant, James, LeBron with the Heat. Uh, I mean, that's it. Kevin, Kevin Garnett with the Wolves. I mean... That's it, bro. Like it's in the last since 2000, it's literally just Shaq, LeBron, and uh, Harden. So how does so how does players like and, and when you Steve Nash? Wait, Kevin Durant did he never win MVP on the Warriors? No. Oh yes, was Steve okay? Steve Nash. I for some well, he was drafted by the Suns, but then he left, came back, and got his MVPs. Uh I don't know how to, I mean, even if we did include those, it doesn't like move the needle that much. Especially if you take it to like the last 10 years, it's literally just LeBron and Harden. And LeBron is like, you know, LeBron is a fucking, uh, LeBron literally is the is NBA. The <laughs> yeah. Drafting LeBron is the NBA lottery. Let's just be honest. It's not the exact percentage, but it's, you know, the lottery. Literally. So anyways, we can wrap it's up. Like, what were you saying, Nick? 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, it's LeBron and Wemby, dude. That's the ultimate lottery <laughs> prizes of the past 20 years right there. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll see, we'll Jordan see. Before that. What did you say? Then there was Jordan that happened probably 20 years before LeBron. Something yeah, like Jordan that. Yeah, didn't, Jordan didn't even go number one. Fucking uh, Elijah was a lottery in that pick, draft. though. He was still a lottery pick, though. He went number three. Olajuwon was the prize of that draft, though. Yeah, he was. And as a Rockets fan, if I could do it over, college, I'm still taking Dream over Jordan. No, I respect that. Like, that, like, someone over MJ and it's not seen as a bust. Yeah, that's facts. Then you did the right thing. Bro, because the, Ro- the Bulls wouldn't have even drafted MJ if they had the first pick. I think they wanted Bro, Drexler, like, actually. Nah, and the craziest thing was... so dominant in college. Like, he was going number one no matter who took him. Like, Hakeem was on a different level. We had the opportunity to draft Hakeem and Jordan. But oh, my God. That, that was the, that was the L, that draft. Because we were... I want to. I don't remember. There was another big on our team that we wanted to pair with Hakeem, and we traded that pick for him, I think. Or was Wasn't it traded. Samson? Wasn't it Ralph yeah, Samson? Yeah, it was Samson. It was Ralph Samson. Was and nice, either we could have traded... Prone. Or no, I think it was the Bulls wanted to trade us that pick for Ralph Samson, and we said no. Dude, holy shit. That would have been one of the best dynasties Ralph ever. Samson and make the, tr- the Twin Towers, but that was the L of that draft for us. Dude, Samson was good, too. He was just injury-prone. Yeah. Like, Samson was a big who could dribble and shit like that. Like, he was before his time. He really was. And he was good on those teams. Bro, okay, we can have this... We can... We could debate this like a different pod, but do you... I just want to get everyone's opinion on it first. You guys think the 1984 or the 2003 draft class is better? 2003 is the best draft class of all time. All right, bro. So I'm going to – I think it that too, but I'll play devil's advocate when we debate this. I think that would be a cool debate to have. Bro, fact. Uh, 2003 is so loaded. Bro, so uh, I think obviously, you know, obviously ever. Jordan and LeBron, you know, you can kind of pick your poison on that one. Like the argument can be made for both sides. But do you guys think uh, – so do D. Wade or, or Akeem Olajuwon? Akeem. Okay. So, uh, Charles Barkley or uh, Mello? Mello. It's cl- I mean, oh, Charles Barkley I MVP. Barkley. So, n- I'm thinking Mello. So, you see see what's happening, Ben, is like now you just, out of the th- top three guys, you just went two, two out of three for uh, 1984. Yeah. And then Stockton versus Bosh, I mean, that's a toss-up right there. Oh, yeah, actually, I might, I might have to... Yeah. Dude, I don't know. One that we're sleeping on that is also up there is the 1996 draft. That one was absolutely fucking loaded. Facts, bro. It was. Maybe we should, like, do redrafts and stuff. That would be cool. Dude, 1996 had, like, Pierce, fucking, there's so, I think Ray Allen was in that draft, too. Like, there were so many nasty guys in that draft. Dirk was in that draft. Steve Nash was in that draft. That draft was crazy. No doubt about that. All right, but we're already at two hours, so we should probably wrap this up for today. 
Yeah. This was a great episode, bro. I like how we don't have any topics planned now, but we still come with fire-ass debates. Yeah. We just have shit to talk about, bro. That's what happens when you just watch and love basketball. You just always have shit to talk about, even if you don't have it planned. Yeah, facts. True. The, the off-season, I'll probably have to write like a book of topics. <laughs> From high to the off-season. What? Evaluate the off-season runs. You know, ba- you know, M- bro. You know, M- the NBA season has brought you pain when you're hyped for the off season. <laughs> yeah, nah, the you're off- not nah, wrong. This, off- this off season is gonna be crazy, though. There's gonna be so many moving parts. Yeah. Who do you and who are you Rockets like looking are at? Heavily involved, so I'm excited. Nick, who are you looking around seeing? You know, movement from. Like this off season. Yeah, like what are you? What are some uh, things you're speculating upon? Obviously, I'm interested to see what happens with Kyrie. I'm interested to see what happens with Ben Simmons on the Nets. <laughs> and then there's a lot of other just, and then there's just a lot of other scale free agents. Shit, my mic died. See if it's the okay. Clippers end up blowing it up. That's a good one to watch right there. See what happens with the first round pick or the first overall pick. Yo, Nick, see I'm if sorry. Luca wants to ask out. I don't think he's going to yet. I think he's got a couple more years of patience in him. But, Nick, I'm sorry to spoil, you know, what's going on with Ben Simmons, but uh, he's stuck. <laughs> he is stuck there. Unless you can agree to, like, a buyout or something. Or yeah, you wanna... they sent him away from the team. Yeah. He's not with the team anymore for the rest of the season. <sighs> Bro, he uh, slept on the wrong side of the bed, and he's out for the whole season, which is how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's Nick's back. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, that's what he said it was. All right, so Ben, that was definitely a dope conversation. Two fucking hours of yeah. podcasting. Nick's back. Definitely was. Nick, are you here to say, you know, final goodbyes? Nope, he's gone. All right, this has been episode 84 of the Eurostep podcast. I just realized that the issue with the mic oh was broke. Because remember I set my <laughs> shit left AirPod only? Oh, the yeah. The left one died. Yeah, that's what it was. But the yeah, left, the left fun. thing only what isn't stopping what's happening. It's been happening a little bit less, but it still kind of happens. Ben, do you hear that where he like muffles the first part of his words and then it picks up? Yeah, yeah, okay, I hear dude. that. I heard that several times. This podcast. Yo, Ben, your shit, Omaha. your shit is like professional now, though. Like your gaming headset is professional. Nick's over here yeah, with fucking the headset. Bro, Nick's late to that podcast with AirPods that die. <laughs> I'm just. Dude, I gotta get my. Compu- I gotta get my fucking computer fixed. I just yeah, don't have time to work drive to Omaha. Time. Dude, how far is that from you? Like a while. Half away. How long? And a half. <laughs> ben, you hear that too? I can't fucking hear yeah. you saying an hour and a half or no. a half. Yeah, no, oh, an hour and an hour and a half. God damn, dude! Put it in the put it in a fucking UPS or something. Yeah, it's or not even shit worth on it. Amazon. Or send ship it in, that yeah. shit to them. Yeah, bro. Because yeah, for real, I gotta get that fixed. Imagine if you do all that and they don't even fix it, bro. Hopefully. Oh yeah, that would be fucked. Yeah. Dude, I already drove down there once and they fixed it, and then it got fucked up again. What's the issue with it? I don't even know. I think it has viruses. For Nick, I told you like just reset the computer, bro. You just reset it and like put new hardware in it, put new storage or whatever. Honestly, I might just reset the whole thing. Bro, because the, the amount of work. the amount of money you're gonna pay the person to do nothing is such a waste. You might as well just install new fucking storage in it anyway. 
Should I just try wiping it and see what happens? Yeah. That's yeah. what I would do. Bro, because driving down there yeah. and, like, paying... How much did they charge you last time? I think they charged that much. It wasn't that expensive. Even, like, 100 is kind of expensive. Plus, you have to pay the gas to go do it. I bet you they charge, like, yeah, $300. They, Bro, I, those places are rip charge off. that much. I think they only charged me, like... They did charge me, because I think they just, like, reset my shit in the back, and it was fine. But, like, obviously, you have to pay to drive there and shit. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so just factory reset the shit, probably. Yeah. Because there's no yeah. reason, like, a new, newish computer should be that bad. Facts, dude. I've, I mean, how long have I... I've probably had this computer for, like, four five years, something like that. For, as far as a computer, that's, like, a little bit old, but it's not, like, super old. Yeah, facts. Like, I got this computer my freshman year of college, so I've, I've had it for five, five years. Yeah, so it still should yeah. be pretty good. Bro, because you want to know how I got this computer? Yo, Ben, I was picking up a package from the front desk in fucking Stanford. I uh, was watching the Nets game on my computer, live streaming it. And I was like, dude, I don't want to leave the Nets game to go get my package. So I bring my computer down to the lobby, go to, like, get my package. I'm holding the fat box with my computer propped on top of it, watching oh. the Nets game. As I he step in the elevator, the computer just slides off and fucking oh breaks. God. And that's when I got this new computer. That fucking sucks. Damn. Dude, I was so pissed. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Dude, I was moving my PS5 before we started, and I was like so nervous that was going to happen. I was just going to drop the For shit. For real. Bro, I was so worried when I was bringing my PS5 here from Connecticut. Like, I had to bring it on the plane and, like, the check bag. Oh, and my shit. God. I was like, oh, my God. This I would have been so scared. Oh, sure. yeah. I always like that dude. shit in my backpack. I keep that close to me. Can you bring <laughs> dude, it on? Dude, that thing is too big. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, you have the, fr- the mini fridge. The it's probably a little more easy to sneak on or bring on. Yeah, well, it was really easy with, like, the Xbox One. But it basically just takes up your whole backpack. But I'm fine. That. No carry ons, but just an Xbox. Doesn't... Bro, did you play it yeah. on the plane at least? <laughs> I wish it would have made it. <laughs> Dude, imagine play. if you could hook your PS5 up to those little TVs on the back of plane seats. That would be nuts. It would. Definitely do that on private jets. That's why you gotta oh, facts. Or in front of shit. On my list of things to cop. <laughs> and my parents had the fucking car with like the TVs in the back seats. My sister and I used to bring the Wii in the car and like hook it up to those shits and run Wii on long drives. <laughs> That's fire. Yeah, I'm lit. Alright, so we can wrap up this episode. I appreciate you guys pulling up, yo. I think every time we do this, when we actually, you know, consistently do this together, I think we just keep getting better and better every time. Bro, we just keep making fire episodes that are like two hours long. You can't beat that. Yeah, facts. This is <laughs> true. All right, so we can wrap up the episode here. I appreciate you guys pulling up. Yes, sir. Glad to be yes, here sir. as always. This is episode 84 of the Eurostep Podcast, and we are out. Peace.